What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This week, slow week, Sean and I jumped in and we recapped the Open Championship. Golf season is basically over following that. We recapped the entire first half of the MLB season as we have the halfway marker, the all-star game tonight. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with some fun topics. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are here on All-Star Tuesday night. Tom, we're not even watching the damn game, but that's all right. Um, We have a great open to recap. We have a lot of baseball to get into the whole first half. First and foremost, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Life's good, man. Life's good. No complaints on my end. It's hot up here. It's sure it's hot down there. I don't even have to check, but I'll take this over the winter. It's not even a question. Those those maniacs that would prefer to be cold than hot. Listen, I complain about the heat. I know how humid it is up your way this time of year, but give me this over 20 and snow and freezing rain and shoveling shit out. No. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, we have officially hit that point with the open ending and MLB in the dog days of summer where – we are in quite a sports lull, my friend, and we're going to have to get creative starting this week when we do our full MLB first half recap and then the next couple weeks until training camp starts with football where you and I are just going to have to start making lists and shooting the shit and doing the same things we did when COVID happened just because there is nothing. There's literally nothing to gamble on. I opened the FanDuel app just out of habit today and... I almost started betting on MLS. I went on a Reddit thread and, ever, and then and everything, and I realized the games aren't even till Saturday. There's literally nothing to bet on. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, right? Like we knew this time was coming, but you know the the good thing is is that when baseball does start up again in a few days, the Yankees are where we want them to be. The Mets are obviously in first place in their division. We'll go. We'll make today a very baseball heavy show after we touch on the Open and recap that, but. Yeah, man. I mean, hopefully the trade deadline brings something good in a couple weeks where we can get content out of that. But yeah, lists lists are coming. A hundred percent. And there was a lot of things, especially with that Cincinnati Red series and I guess carrying over to the Boston series that kind of highlighted what the Yankees need. I'm confident that they're going to go out and get what they need. But first, let's talk about the Open, the champion golfer of the year and everything else to go with it. Sean, Before were, we lead with that, Tom, I was just going to say how close I was. I was begging. Begging for what? Begging for Rory to win that. Oh. Me with my first foursome. He led my foursome. Yeah. If I won with that, I would officially be a golf savant. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was rooting for you, too. I, and I said, I think I said on this pod, I said on my other pod, and I said to everybody that takes my bets, I'm not betting on Rory. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him miss me. I, I, I'm gonna root for him heavy, but I'm gonna let him miss me. I did do a live bet on Cam Smith, so I'll take a little bit of a little bit of paper there. And those uh the 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 four the four way parlay almost hit. If top five Tony could just get his shit together and not finish 28th, finish within the top 20, that would have hit. Although I did get you a Spieth top 10 as well in there. So for a field of however many, that's pretty good. 
Um, you know, let, let's talk about the winner first. I mean, Cam Smith going out on Saturday. I wrote down some notes here. As you can see, I take this quite seriously. I mean, first of all, I know you didn't watch Saturday, but did you see the bunker shot at 13? I did. I did. They Where, were recapping it a little bit on Sunday. And I, I don't remember the announcer. Maybe it was Duval or something. Um, he straight up said it even before he took the shot. He said, this is a shot that you never in a million years practice, and you're going to risk your tournament on this shot. And the only where the only place this is going to go is into the gorse bush. And what did he do? He fucking topped it right into the gorse bush. And that is Cam Smith, though. The guy does not fucking ever play for second, and I love that about him. He goes out there all four rounds, and he just attacks pins, no matter how tough they are. And that was the start. But then, you know, I texted my buddies that bet on Cam Smith on Friday with me because he had the lead for a brief period of time, and I was like, his shipping is just off the charts. I don't think he's going to lose this. I said, don't count him out because he can get hot, and that's exactly what he did. Well, his putter was just scalding hot. Oh, I mean, and that's the thing. I wrote that down as one of my notes. I wrote, he's the first golfer since peak, t- peak Tiger, especially this week, but most weeks on tour, where if there's a putt within 12 feet, I don't hope he's going to make it. I know he's going to make it. And honestly, the same thing goes for his short game chipping-wise too. It's just incredible. I had heard the name. I didn't know a ton about him. But I'm watching him just putt after putt on Sunday. I'm like, you know, he's in a zone now where he's he knows he's not missing. And you see, like, that kind of confidence is just oozing over on every yep. single putt he's taking. And he's just playing incredible golf. And, and, and that's another thing about Smith was that the confidence that he has, it's not a cocky, but it's a confident and it makes you feel confident in him in every part of his game where there were certain shots where if he doesn't hit a chip, he chipped his, his titties, his dick, his balls, everything off this week. <laughs> I mean, if, if he hits some of those chips, another rotation offline, they're rolling off the green. And there's a lot of situations where you could see his confidence because around those greens and whatnot, and he pulled a wedge out as opposed to a putter, which 99% of the other golfers did. It's like he's going to hit it to stone dead here. That's how confident he is. And you could just feel that through the television. Oh, there's no question about it. And he's young, right? Isn't he only like 22 years old, 23 years old? Um, let me let me take a look at that. I think he's a little older than that, but I know he's in I know he's in his 20s. But he is young. Um He's 28. 28, 28. Yeah. But he's still it's still, I mean, and this guy's definitely I I I'm a but but the thing is, like, you look at all these guys and you look at JT when he got his first major and Rom and even Rory, who's been on an eight-year drought, and you could say, oh, man, this is going to blow the top off of it. But with golf nowadays, you just never know. This could be his only major. I hope not, but he's definitely going to be as long as, and I guess we can mention it, as long as he stays on the PGA Tour, he's going to mm. be floating around the tops for, for a long time. Um, a lot of speculation right afterwards that he's going to go to live. Well, how can you not speculate? I mean, I'm sure right. you read his comments in his press conference. I'm going to let my team decide for me. What? First of all, at the end of the day, no matter if you're playing a team sport or not as a professional athlete, you have final say. But especially in golf where it's an individual sport, everything is on you. 
we know that you're making the final decision here. Apparently, it was $90 million they're offered to him. I bet you they up the ante now that he's a major winner. Hideki Matsuyama, 99.9% basically reported gone for, I think, $215 million. I know he's a great golfer. I, I guess, honestly, you know what? Now that I'm thinking out loud here, it's because of Japan. They, he, he's a god in Japan, and they want to get that audience. $250 million for him. And then Hendrik Stenson leaving. Now, I know he's on the back nine, and nobody really cares about him, but he was a Ryder Cup captain. Listen, man, I mean, this is just how we're going to have to discuss every single every single player. And, you know, I just had this thought. We're talking about, you know, everybody in, in reference to, is this going to be their only chance at a major? Well, if the majors decide they're not going to admit any of the live players, you know, for their invitationals, then, yeah, this is going to be their yeah. only chance at majors, which is really going to dilute the product. But it's also going to change how we look at, you know, potential winners and how legacies are going to be formed because they're not going to be part of the PGA Tour. Absolutely. And, I mean, you already – it was too early to not let them play this year, and I understand that. Um, but you already saw it this year with the – basically – you can speculate all you want. I think the Masters just straight up told Phil not to come. And I yeah. can't remember if he played the players or not. I think he did. Or or the PGA. I, I believe no, he, he did. No, he didn't. No, he played he the U.S. Open. I'm sorry. He did play the U.S. Open. But, you know, they did this whole – and then you look, at the, you look at the Open Championship and they did this whole honorary member of the RNA for Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, who, by the way, hasn't, or he hasn't won an Open in however long as well. And they made him honorary members, and Phil was not mentioned, and he wasn't even invited to the champions dinner. So clearly, it's looking like this situation is going to get sticky. And not to mention, in order to get into these majors, if you don't have exemption, it's based on the World Golf Rankings, which is a board of mostly 75% made up of people that run these three majors. So I don't see them giving any of the OWGR I think they're called ranking points to these fucking stupid live golf 54 hole hole exhibition. So a lot of guys that don't have majors that went over there are not going to be able to play in these. Right. And that's, you know, that's the whole thing here is we're, we're seeing how much animosity the real PGA players, the players like Rory and, you know, we even heard Tiger's comments and his career is not going to last too much longer. We'll get into him in a second, but you know, the animosity is real. The anger is real. Uh, the, the, the vitriolic hatred for the decision that these players have made is real thinking it's blood money, you know, turning over your ethics, ditching the PGA tour, doing it all for money, not doing it for the love of the turn uh, for the tour and for the tournaments and, knowing that you know they're not going to be allowed at certain at the majors is really going to be a watershed moment like when we're talking here next spring leading up to augusta when they don't let them go to the majors the lawsuits are going to come fast and furious right right when you've got all these winners all these prolific players most of whom are in their peak years and they're not playing at augusta national in april i mean my god man i yeah, a lot, of, a lot of time between now and then, but that's a that's a really weird proposition to be in. Absolutely. Just to put a bow on Cam Smith, I mean, that back nine that he had where he just went out and grabbed the tournament by the throat, it was honestly one of the best majors I've ever seen. And and I haven't – I've always watched all the majors. 
I haven't really gotten deep into golf until professional golf, watching it until COVID started. But this was one of the best tournaments I've seen in a long time. Um, I don't know. I, I we got to wait for more news to come out. I really don't feel like talking about live much more. I it it makes me. It's just it's just gonna ruin. It's it's the blood money is is terrible. I I've said my piece on that. If somebody that worked for a company that I didn't really agree with offered me you know, 20 times my salary or whatever, I'd have to think about it too, but they're ruining the sport and it, it's, it's not good for the fans and it's not good for legitimately growing the game. Like they're all claiming to do. Um, let's talk about Rory. Um, now again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's an eight year drought since he had his last major. Now he's supposed to be the guy, especially because Tiger's unfortunately not the guy anymore. And, Eight years, but this year felt different. I mean, he was he was really in legitimate contention. And that hole out on, I forgot which hole, uh, for the eagle from the bunker, and the place just went nuts. That was awesome. Um, but, I mean, you can't two-putt. Uh, listen, if I was playing golf, I'd take a two-putt on every single hole, no doubt about it. <laughs> but you can't, when you're trying to win a major championship, you cannot two-putt 18 holes. That's just the way it is, and that's why he lost to Cam Smith on Sunday. Well, uh, you know, from my vantage point, it, it looked to me, and, and it was a tough one because obviously I, I had picked him as the lead of my foursome to win, and he's playing just superb golf all weekend. The way I view this, Tom, and I don't know if you'll completely agree with me or not, I don't consider him losing this tournament. You know, there's tournaments where we've seen guys who kind of choked away an opportunity. I think he played more than well enough to win this tournament. Cam Smith just went unconscious. Yeah, and when absolutely. that happens, it's it's hard it's hard to knock a guy like Rory there because yeah, you, when you two putt, you're not going to win. Well, if Cam Smith doesn't get in one of these zones that we've seen, as you reference, only peak Tiger peeing in from a putting standpoint, we're talking about Rory McIlroy winning, and the entire narrative's different. So. You know, it was he played exemplary golf all weekend long. Uh, he just ran into a buzzsaw. No doubt about it. I don't think Rory lost this tournament or or choked it away, as some people are saying. Cam just went out and he grabbed this tournament and he took it. Now, again, I'm going to go back to live. It, it is an interesting quandary um, because maybe Cam was waffling on it because of the world golf ranking points and whatnot. But now maybe honestly, this makes this decision easier for him because he's allowed to play in the open now up until he's 60. And I believe he has five year five years exemption for all other three majors. So it, 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 it might make the decision a little bit easier for him, honestly. Um, but that's, that's enough of the live. Oh, um, you know, Faldo, the announcer that wears the crazy yeah, suits and he, stuff. He also he's signed going up. over to, Yep, and now there's Charles Barkley talking about how he might leave. He might leave uh, inside the NBA and just do live. Hey, honestly, it, like it, it's it's tough, and I have a lot of people asking me these questions about how this is happening and whatnot. And there's there's nothing to compare it to, is what I say to people because. You know, you could look at the AFL and whatever, but guess what? The AFL and, and all these other leagues that tried to compete with football. It's not and a the difficult ABA, question to answer. No, Tom. it's one's a business and one's not. The reason why those leagues failed is because they weren't financially sound and they went bankrupt. This 
league does not care about money. The financials will be fucked up and they don't care. No, it's unlimited. It's unlimited money and it's you know multi-generational wealth that we're talking about for these players. The country's and, wealth, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, like I think we have to acknowledge and just flat out just tell it how it is. Two things can be true. One, it can be the right decision for these players who are, you know, okay players on the tour to great players on the tour to take this insane pot of money and set their families up for, you know, generations on end. That that's true. It's also true that it's going to kill the PGA if the PGA doesn't, you know, do a better job of, of realizing this is a threat. Go listen to four episodes back or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, that that's true too, that it's ruining, it's going to, ruin the the quality of the majors and it's going to ruin tournaments and for golf fans who love the pga you know they're 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 not going to get the same quality of, of talent on a weekly basis and on tournaments tournament tournament basis we both things are true and we just have to understand that and call it how it is and recognize that these players are you know if, like you said if you're being offered that kind of money it is a lot easier for us sitting here to say why would you do that it's blood money than it is if you're actually being offered. 100%. You want to go up and down the leaderboard a little bit here. Cameron Young, New York's, New York's finest. He's only 25 years old. He looks 40. What, what's that? What was that movie, Bad Boys, where he's like, motherfucker, you look 30? Um, yeah. Um, he hits the shit out of the ball and a really awesome tournament for him. There were situations where I was like, shit, this guy might win it. Um, Looking right down to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Hovland, Hovland, this is his first top 10 in a major, and he really looked like it on Sunday. He gawked it up pretty good there, ended up in yep. fourth. Um, Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau in the top 10. I don't know how we feel about that. I mean, they well, played hey. well. I was honestly shocked by Bryson. I, I called him to miss the cut. This was not his kind of golf course, but he looks a little bit healthier. I'm interested to see how he does for um, – you know, the fucking bullshit live golf tour. I'm sure he's going to do really well over there in tournaments. Nobody cares about. I'm sure. But man, yeah, he, I was surprised to look up at the leaderboard and see that he was a top 10 finalist because yeah, I was listening to your prediction. I didn't, I didn't expect much out of him. No. And then, you know, do I have to apologize to Patrick Cantlay for this eighth, eighth place finish where it never felt like he was ever going to win ever? That's up to you. You're the one with the personal vendetta. So. No, I, you know what? I'm I'm not going to apologize because there was there was never a moment where I felt like I had to text you, you know, oh, Patrick Cantlay, he's running up the leaderboard. Like when he gets into that situation, I might throw out an apology, but a backdoor top 10, I I could fucking care less. I'm not apologizing. All right, there it is. Um another guy you had in your um did you have him in your foursome Shane Lowry? I did. Yeah, if he if he could just make a single fucking putt, he would have been in this one. He really would have. Yeah, didn't I, work out. I, for who him. else was in yours? Was it Louis? Louis fucking Louis. Louis, Louis and Max Selma. Louis missed a cut. Max missed a cut. But you you can't win them all. Um, all right, you ready to talk about it? I'm going all the way down the leaderboard here, which makes me very sad. Very yep. very far down the bottom, almost at the bottom. Tiger Woods plus nine. It, now, I don't know if you watched Thursday. I I watched his first tee shot on Thursday. I took a little break at work. 
as I tend <laughs> to do when majors are being played. I swear to God, if he he hit a perfect drive, and I don't know why, but I keep saying to myself, if he didn't hit that drive into a divot to where he he had to try and lift the ball and he ended up hitting it in that little river or whatever, I, I feel like the whole tournament would have been different for him. Hmm. No, I wasn't watching live. The uh, what I did see was you know was Friday and him walking the bridge for the last time and and taking everything in. You know, it looked to me like a guy who you know, knew this was the last time he was going to play this course as a professional. And uh, I think it's sinking in, you know, to him now where you saw all the other players, you know, recognize the moment, uh, the group he was playing with, let him walk on his own over the bridge and got a standing ovation, you know, a huge ovation from the crowd. And, you know, I think it's really, the time is up, you know, he's, he's, I don't think he's going to play another tournament this year. And we, we might see him play Augusta maybe, you know, couple more times but you know on the rotation that the open is on i don't think st andrews is up for another what five or six years i think he's done there and i think it really i think it really hit him yeah it was an awesome scene um would have really liked to have seen him play well especially because you know he sat out the u.s open uh what I feel like was to prep for this tournament. I feel like he's had this circled on his calendar, especially after the Masters where he realized he could at least make the cut in some of these tournaments that he could play. He just can't do it, Tom. With he his just eyes can't closed. do it. Oh, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, it's sad. I mean, but at the end of the day, you kind of got to look at it like from his perspective and from ours as fans, like we should just be happy he's alive given the circumstances. Oh yeah, I think that's how he has done it, right? Like he's he circled these tournaments, he's given it the best think, he can. I think he will still play in the majors. I mean, he's got exemption for a lifetime. I I I think he'll still play, but the expectation that somehow he's going to catch lightning in a bottle for four days, you know, you held out hope with him making the cut at the PGA and the and the and the and the Masters, but. I think today it was kind of signed, sealed, and delivered. Or not today, but this past tournament. Yeah, we just don't really know what the what the real level of pain he's in with that leg and how the injuries actually are. And, you know, can you sustain four days of walking a course and with the pressure I, and hitting the ball? And, you know, as he gets older, that injury is not going to get better. No, so. absolutely not. And I'd have to assume, being that the guy played on, like, a broken leg and a broken back and all these other things. And not only did he play, but he won and dominated. I would assume that this is some pain that you and I have probably never felt before. No, I mean, he almost lost the leg, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we're talking about, you know, in 2008 beating Rocco mediate on a torn ACL, right? Like this, Look but that you, was in 2008. <laughs> that was not, that was not even 2018. That was 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's, those are injuries that, you know, it's superhuman to do that at any point in your life, whether you're in your young 20s or, you know, mid 50s. But, you know, the injuries he's trying to come back from, Tom, I mean, we I think we really do have to do a better job. And, and it's simply because it's Tiger and what he means for the game. And we've talked about it at nauseum every tournament he plays in. These are just not realistic. The only thing that we really should do is just stand back and be like, oh, my God, he's walking a golf course. Absolutely. And you know what? Tiger is going to transition into the next part of the game. And I think the statement that he made at the press conference broke volumes into what he's going to do for the game next. 
I, 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 and I was a little worried about that until he made that statement. Um, and it was very, you know, matter of fact. So, and, and honestly, I don't even think these players really care about the blood money thing deep down. If I'm going to be real about it, I just think it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're, you're, you're ruining the sport at the it's end an of the easy, day. Yeah. It's, it's an easy narrative to, to say because it adds, you know, more levity to it and makes you sound like you care about more than the tournament. But I, you know, hearing you just say that, I agree with you. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um, not to mention the players that actually are loyal to the tour. It's costing them money because half, right. you know, if you don't have the best competition, the TV deals are going to be less and the, all that shit. We know. We talked about yep. it. Yep. All right, man. Um, the golf season, more like the important part of the golf season, I guess we'll care about the FedEx Cup and they have the President's Cup coming up as well, which is honestly when I think Cam Smith, Adam Scott, and all the other Aussies, are going to go over to live golf because I think they're going to play the president's cup because they love that thing. And then they're going to move on. Um, that's my prediction. You heard it. You heard it here. You heard it here. Um, but that's enough. We can put, honestly put a bow on the 2022 golf season, or at least for what we care about. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit here and there. Maybe if max wins again or whatnot, but the golf season that casual golf fans like yourself that are starting to get more into it, that you care about is officially over. What'd you think? Yeah, about it? no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really, you know, made a conscious effort to get more into it. And a lot of the, like I mentioned before, a lot of the, the podcasts and, and stuff I enjoy, you know, they cover golf quite a bit and obviously you're super into it and have done a really good job helping educate me on it. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but Tom, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I don't know how gone it's going to be because I feel like Liv is going to stay in the news as they play their tournaments and more and more players sign 100%, up there. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think we're going to get, honestly, bro, it, it feels like a name or two a week right now. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a big name, Hideki, I would consider a big name because, you know, as I, as I realized when I was talking out loud, that Japan market is basically lives now. Yeah. You know, when you, when you think about it to that degree, it, it's, Really that's a good big country. Give it in the bag. Yeah. And they love their golf over there, too. Absolutely. He's literally like Babe Ruth. That's here, crazy. Apparently, from what I hear. Not that I've ever been to Japan. We'd love to go. Um, all right. Let's talk some MLB. We're going to continue to talk golf. Unfortunately, it's most likely going to be off the course stuff. But if it happens, you got to talk about it. The All-Star Game is going on right now. Did you watch any of the Home Run Derby? I did actually. I had it on um, towards the end there, and me too. It was actually, it was actually pretty good. What'd you think of it? I mean, these guys got to be tired. They're swinging their fucking shoes, dicks out over here. I mean, if you don't follow baseball, this guy Rodriguez is incredible. Oh, Julio, yeah, he's he's a rookie of the year finalist in the AL for sure. Yeah, he's almost looking like a lock to me. He's a he's a great player. He is a. And you can see he's got he's got everything that a young superstar has to have, right? You know, he's got the personality, he's got the energy, he's got the obviously the game, both defensively and offensively. This has been one of the top prospects in the game for a long time, and the Mariners are scalding hot when we go through our divisions. Fourteen, you know, he's, he's a main catalyst for it, dude. No doubt about it. All right, 
let's talk about the Yankees and the Mets. We do it every week anyway, so it's it's probably going to sound like a recording, but still got to yeah. talk about it. End of the first half, you wrote here the Yankees are 64 and 28. Um, that's got to be a record of some sort, and they took two or three from the Red Sox to finish off the the break or the first half of the season into the break, and I, I that was a very important series in my opinion. Yeah, it was, and, and I want to hear you you know talk a little bit more about the Red series because when we were doing the pod last week, they won on a walk off. Uh, wild pitch, and then obviously Thursday they lost a tough one. They lose the tough one Friday in Boston against Boston. You're thinking, how are we going to end here? But this is just goes to show it's another example of why this team's so different. Team's different, man. Team's different because I even feel like last year they would have won one. Maybe they would they would have lost two straight to the Red Sox, and they would have teased us with the final game going into the All Star break. They would have won. I mean, the Reds are 34 and 57. They're gonna fucking have a fire sale here any day, and that's just unacceptable to lose those games to the Reds. Um, I mean, the offense was stagnant. Uh, the defense was sloppy, and. Yep. I mean, I, I can't even get on the bullpen because you can't expect them to be perfect. Like, you look at Holmes, no. and he's been the closest thing to perfect in baseball as a as a closer all year. And he coughs one up, but he doesn't get any help out of his fucking offense or his defense. So we need to make some improvements. That, that's well, you look at the, the bottom game, line. Yeah, you look at the game they lost Tuesday. They're up 3 nothing with Holmes oh. getting the ball. Why are you talking? I mean, why are we talking about this? You know how much first, money I lost. <laughs> it was the first game they lost when leading after 8 all season. So, there's that. That's going to happen. And then you look at the third game, you know, Castillo dominates the Yankees. Cortez matches him for the most part. Torres hits the homer to tie it. They can't get the big hit, and then obviously the bullpen implodes again. But um, and they almost because Carpenter went deep, almost won one. But those kind of weird series happen. We talked about it last week. But the Wednesday, the Friday game against the Red Sox was real tough because you know you have the lead, you give it back, you have all these opportunities. They had three opportunities, Tom, with the bases loaded to push the final run across, and they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you're just thinking, oh God damn it! You know that was after the two games at Fenway last week when the Red Sox beat us. And I feel like they won the World Series. And then so the to Yankees come out explode. And just, yeah, and just go out and kill the Red Sox the last two games uh, before the break was great. And this is how different this year and last year was, Tom. I was thinking about this. Last year, I don't know if you recall, the last series before the All-Star break was in Houston. And the Yankees win Friday night. Cole pitches that complete game shutout to win one nothing on Saturday. And the Yankees have a seven-run lead in the ninth inning on Sunday and they lose that game. <laughs> Sounds about right. So you're thinking how different, right? How different you're talking about sweeping the Astros going to the all-star break. Of course, they find a way to lose the entire feeling and energy around that team changed. And then this year, you know, you, you outscore Boston. What was it like 29 to five or something? Yep. No, no doubt about it. This team does feel different. And, and when I'm, I don't want to sound like an asshole Yankees fan, which I think I do when I'm saying, oh, we know what improvements we need to make. But, like, you're fucking 64-28. and 28. You haven't even lost. I'm looking at their home and away. They haven't even lost 15 games at home yet, and they haven't even lost 20 games on the road. Like, that's legitimately incredible. They're, almost, they're right at about winning 70% of their games. We need to look at this team as what's going to get us to win the World Series right now. You got all these prospects, 
and at some point it's shit or get off the pot time and let's go out and let's get moving on some prospects. Listen, I'm done pounding the table for Juan Soto. I was doing it well before he declined this mega deal from Washington. I'm I've said my piece. I would trade everybody under the sun for him. Absolutely. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so we need to go out and we need to get Benintende looks like he's out of the picture because he's not vaccinated. And I don't think the Yankees are confident in that Reynolds. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. So I'm thinking it's got to be Hap and we need to get a couple bullpen guys. Maybe a starter yeah. actually. Yeah, see, I would like. That's exactly where I was going. You you read my mind. We watched Castillo pitch against the Yankees on Thursday, and he was he was dominant. Tom, I mean his he was t- touching upper nineties. That Bugs Bunny changeup he throws. He's got the great off speed stuff. He's got really good control. Pedro, I mean he has elite shit. And you know when you're talking about postseason victories, and you look at the teams that win, right? They have multiple rotation guys, even though most of them don't go more than six innings anyway. You need guys that can miss bats at a high rate on their best days. And I know when Monty's good, he's very good and all up and down the line. And Severino, for the majority of the first half, has been great. But you, you with the injury now, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't want to count on that. I would consider him starting a game three is super luxurious. He's gravy. But Castillo is the guy you need. Castillo is the other guy outside of Cole who you go into a series and you say, you're just not going to, you're not going to string many hits together. You're not going to have a lot of guys on base to do damage. And that's the thing. When you look at a guy like Cortez and, and Montgomery and Tyon, yeah, when they're on, they're great. All pitchers look great when they're on, but these are also guys that are, have a propensity of making that big mistake. And unfortunately a lot of those big mistakes happen when guys are already on base um, and that's the difference in winning those games. You look at Houston when they had Keuchel and Verlander, and then when they had Cole and Verlander, you know, that's those are two guys right there that you're, you're just going to have a hard time stringing it good at bats against. And, and Castillo is that guy. If I'm unloading some of the top prospects in the system for him, or for anybody rather, it's going to be for him. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, you want to just – let's just – before we get to the Mets, let's just run down. Let's run down each division, and we'll talk about each team. Sure. You okay with uh, that? Yeah. Let's lead us off in the AL East. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in order of the standings, I guess, because that's kind of what I have pulled up here, if you don't mind. Nope. Um, so I'm. I know you're gonna know what's next, and that's Tampa Bay. They are. They are in second place, 13 games out. Legitimately absurd. They are 10 games over 500. Um, I mean, you got to start when you're talking about Tampa Bay with who do you, what do you think the Cy Young or second place at the, at the worst in, uh, Shane, how the hell do you pronounce his last name? McClanahan. McClanahan. He started the all-star game for the AL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy is filthy. He talk about missing bats. He's, he's leading the league in. Every, I mean, almost every day when you look at the sub stack, I've got him on, you know, 10 strikeouts in, in a game for, for, for any team. Um, I mean, this team does strike out a lot. I think if they're going to make a move, they need to, to get a contact hitter. But th- that guy is incredible. I, I think he's almost at 10 strikeouts a game. No, he's elite. I mean, and, and you know, 
stop me when you've heard this before, Tampa Bay developed another super high dominant left-handed starting pitcher. Like I know. I mean, like, <laughs> can the Yankees poach whoever they think is behind this? I think that they just they they get great arms, they develop great arms, and then they sell those great arms off when they reach high value and or peak value, and then they just replace them with more. But you know, to me, Tom, this team really being ten games over five hundred is remarkable, and I feel like we talk about Tampa every year as being remarkable despite the obstacles they have. But you know, Wander Franco has been in and out of the lineup. Yep, he's Mar- been hurt Margot, all year. Margot has been hurt. You know, they've had some really, really nasty, brutal injuries. Some of their best relievers, J.P. Fireisen, who was like a zero-point-something ERA, mm-hmm. is out now. Like They had a couple huge injuries to their bullpen. They can only filter new guys in so much. They just don't score runs, and that's that's going to be their that's going to be their downfall. But Corey Kluber, you know, he's been a good arm. He for has. Them. He really has. I mean, he's 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 given them innings, which. Honestly, for this point of his career, all you really need him to do is be an inning eater. I mean, they still have Choi, and uh, who's having a down year. They got Brandon Lowe, but aside from that, I mean, a Rose Arena has been a disappointment this year. I mean, uh, it feels like Meyer has been in and out of the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's more of a defensive guy than anything else. But I mean. A Rosarina, I, I will give him credit. He's got 19 bags this year, but you know, 254 with only 12 home runs. He's got to be better than that. Um, this team, you're right. They just can't score runs, and and it's they're not the Tampa Bay Rays of of what you remember, where they were a scrappy team. I mean, this team's hit or miss. They strike out a lot. Yep, and, and you know, Yandy Diaz has had a very nice year. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the story of the of the story the story of the season for them has been the injuries and the lack of consistency from guys that they need. But obviously, they're in most games because they're they're pitching so good. No doubt about it. They they know how to develop pitching. All right, moving on down the line. I'm not going to say this is the most disappointing team, but it's up there for me. I think the two teams fighting for fourth and third right now are two of the most disappointing teams. The Toronto Blue Jays, they're above 500. They're they're seven games over 500, 50 and 43. I mean, this this team talent-wise on paper was looking like I'd say you rank them with the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, uh, and the White Sox, which is my most disappointing team, spoiler alert. Um but I mean, they just—they can't. I can't put my finger on it, but it seems like every time there's a fifty-fifty game, they lose it. Yeah, and that really has been what the what it's been for them. And, Tom, and Chapman has sucked, by the way. Yeah, he's been terrible. And and dude, like everybody and their mothers picked them to win the division, including us. I think that's partially why they are, along with the White Sox, the most disappointing teams in the sport because you know they have everything. They they have the great deep and versatile offense although they are a little too right-handed which reminds me sometimes of what the Yankees have been over the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons but you know they're not just whale and bale guys they all hit for average I mean, not got to mention Manoa. yeah it's, I'm sorry you you were about to start naming the pitchers uh if you want to keep going you can I mean fucking Manoa who's an all-star Kevin Gossman who yep. did he 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 was top couple did he win the Cy Young last year in the in the NL for the Giants Yep, he did right. Yep, it was oh, Gosman. No, he didn't. And, no, he yeah. didn't. I'm no? looking at. I'm looking at it right now. I don't. I forgot who won, but I, I think he finished second. 
Okay. Um, but whatever, regardless, he's a great pitcher. Ray won it in the AL. Yeah, and then you got Barrios as your three starter and Ryu as your as your four. But I mean, well, Ryu hasn't really pitched. No, but he's still, I mean, that's that's a, he came back a little bit halfway through halfway of the season, so I guess I can't really neg yeah, him then he on got that. Again. But I mean, the this team, I, I just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like the White Sox, I'm gonna go ahead and blame Tony Larusa for most of that, but I don't understand why this team sucks so bad. Well, apparently the Blue Jays blame Charlie Montoyo because they fired him last week, and that was surprising because you thought that they would give him a chance to 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 bring this team out of the hole that they're in, but he just hasn't. And and there, you said it perfectly, and it's a really good indication of how you need a lot of luck when you're also a really good team. You know, this first half with the Yankees, yeah, they're really good, but it seems like every all those 50-50 games, they basically have won. The Blue Jays have Romano as their closer. He's mm-hmm. great. Literally nobody else in that bullpen is good at all, and I think that's what's really cost them. Kikuchi's been an abject failure of a signing. Yeah. Ryu's injury hurts them because the rotation's not as deep. And let's be frank, dude, Berrios is – not kind of good. gone back to what he was in Minnesota there, where when he's really good, he's really good, but you don't want to give a guy like that as much money in years as they gave him. I think it was, what was it, seven years? Because on a consistent basis, he's just, he's a good pitcher, and that's basically it. Berrios reminds me of A.J. Burnett. I like that comp. Because, I, like I mean, he can, throw, he can throw a no-hitter any day, or he could give you a, a complete game shutout, eight innings, whatever, but... Then there's going to be a lot of games where he gives up five runs. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Toronto, I mean, Team ERA this year, they're right in the middle of the pack at, like, four runs a game, and they're eighth in baseball in themselves scoring runs. And that's just not going to fucking get it done from the pitching staff. I mean, you need to be in the top ten if you want to win, if you want to, you know, win a division here. Yeah, and the, the division that they play in is unforgiving, right? So – I don't believe that they have done particularly well against the American League East either, no. and that's that's going to be a problem. I mean, they got swept. It doesn't look so bad now, but they got swept in a four-game set out in Seattle, and that's what got Montoya fired. And you just wonder how a team like that can ever lose four straight games because they're, they're the amount of firepower they have in that offense is absurd. Yeah, no doubt about it. Vladimir Guerrero having a good year, 271. He's got 20 bombs, 57 RBIs already yeah. to start the to start the year off. Um, Springer is playing really well. I mean, honestly, the one guy I, we need to give a shout-out to on this team is Kirk. Oh, yeah, he started the All-Star game for the American League. He's he's a beast. Yeah, he's hitting over 300, by the way. Yeah, I know. He does not, He looks like a beer league softball player. But he's the hitting dude hits. 315 with 11 home runs. Yeah, no, he's, he's legitimately – he's a legitimate hitter. That's why yeah. I don't understand how this team is where they are. Like, up one through nine – Bichette's I mean, having a down stats. year as well. Only a yeah. 250. But but still, I mean, Guerrero and Kirk having a year in Springer should be able to make up for that. And no, we know why they suck. Because, you, like you said, their bullpen sucks. And outside of Manoa, I mean... Gossman. Well, Gossman, yeah, Gossman's pitching to a 2.87. He's been very good this year. Outside of those two, they're, they're honestly, I'm going to call a spade a spade. They're... they're Pitching sucks. I'm going to throw Barrios in there too. Yep, that's why I think they're going to be super active at the deadline because they've already put so many resources. I know into it's this just team. it's crazy. It's like 
I feel like where are you even going to put these guys? Yeah, Berrios, I mean, fucking 5.22 ERA, minus 0.3 war. Yeah, that's horrible, for, especially for yeah, – you know, he was very He was very good when they got him last yeah. year. That's why they gave him that huge extension. But, yeah, A.J. Burnett, that's a great comp and another former Blue Jay. Mm-hmm. Moving on down the line of Boston time, we've obviously watched them a lot over the last couple of weeks. They got they're, hot they're for the a same. while there, and then they fell off. They are so top heavy with their lineup. Where if Devers or Bogarts Story. or JD goes into a slump, that team's just going to have a really difficult time scoring runs. And I know Verdugo's had some huge hits. He's not a guy that carries that offense, no. at least not yet in his career. Who knows if he ever will be? They're starting rotate. They they've just been besieged by injuries. I mean, Sale no, yeah. comes Sale, back. He's hurt. Evaldi's been hurt. Waka, Whitlock, all all of their top starters have been hurt this year. No, and I mean, it's this team, honestly, looking at it right now, they just, uh, like, J.D. Martinez, great player, but I I just think he's passed his MVP years, although he made the All-Star team this year. I I think he's passed his, like, best player on the team carrying the team. I just don't think they have the talent to even compete with the Yankees because Dahlbeck hasn't taken that step forward, and they're pitching, aside from the injuries, their bullpen sucks ass. Yep. They, and you know what? It just makes me laugh because you gave up, you gave up the greatest position player you've had since Ted Williams for for fucking, I don't even know. Yeah, for Verdugo and Jeter Downs, who's up now, and he'll be getting some sure. run at second base. But it ain't Mookie yeah, Betts. It ain't Mookie Betts. Tom, I mean, to me, this is again though. Like last year, they're in game. What was it? Five or six of the ALCS. Like. When they're on, they're really hard to beat because they can score so many runs and they can score in so many different ways. You look at that series at Fenway, they just bludgeon the Yankee pitching. But this past series, they had a couple guys that went cold. And you, if, once you get past you know three, four, and five in that lineup, it's pretty much automatic outs. Um, no doubt about it. And and like you said, their bullpen's a mess. A lot of it is because of injuries, right? Like Evaldi. Sale. A lot of these guys, if they had been healthy all year round, this could be a different team. But you can't lose that much and 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 still be contending. And even though they were super hot in June because their offense was scalding as well, it, it's going to regress to the means. The Yankees had some stretches last year where they were winning eight, nine, ten in a row, and you knew it wasn't sustainable because you can't win that many games simply due to your offense. Twentieth in baseball and pitching ERA. I mean. Four over four runs a game. That's not going to cut it. Can I just say this real fast? I wonder what your thoughts on it too. I legitimately felt bad for Sale the other day. No, I did too because it, it really seems like he's fucking grinded to get back. It, and it's just been one thing after another with him after that 2018 World Series. I mean, he's just I know. elbows. You know, what, it honestly. It kind of reminds me of remember when Johan Santana threw that no hitter for the Mets, and then oh, like yeah. nothing was the same after that. It it feels yeah. like he gave every last ounce of baseball he had to throw that no hitter, and I feel like that was 2018 for Chris Sale. He just gave every ounce he had left in him to win that, and that was it. I'm just gonna tell you one thing. You, you need one more comp as we go through all the rest of the divisions. Uh, time is on your side because you've just made two amazing comps in a <laughs> Thank row. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm really I'm dialed on baseball this year. 
No, you are. You are. It's it's why we got together as friends to, to do this podcast, but I feel like we've talked about it the least out of all the sports. But we know what we're doing. This is our time to shine, baby. You're you're on it. And I think let's just finish up in this division, Tom. We got to give fucking props to the 500 Baltimore Orioles. I mean, this team's been on an absolute roll. We've seen it early in the year. They were give the Yankees were beating up on them, but not in terms of you know the quality of the games. The Orioles they've got better pitching. They called up Roch, uh, Adley Rutschman. They they obviously have some guys in the bullpen that make games a little bit shorter for them. Their starters keep them in games. And that lineup has been sneaky productive, including Rugnet Odor, who's had some big hits for them. It's a great story. And I'm kind of really happy after this series that the Yankees play them this weekend. They only play one more series with them because they put them so much in the first half. And honestly, I'm kind of happy about that because I don't really want to play them right now. No, not at all. It, it's... It is legit incredible what they've been doing. Their pitching over the last month, month and a half has been amazing. I mean, they went on a seven-game winning streak there, and you know that doesn't sound like a lot, especially. Ten, Tom. Oh, I'm ten. sorry, ten. Yes, but I, and and I know the Mariners are on a 14-game winning streak right now, but that team is just so much more talented than this team, or seemingly so. Let me just let me just tell you something right now. I'm gonna pull this up. All right, I'm going to give you the – I thought of a rich team off the top of my head. The Yankees payroll right now. Okay. <laughs> you probably know the answer to these questions, but I just need to put this in perspective for those who are listening. Total payroll, $247,545,570. That's probably rounded off. Orioles payroll, 33532000 000. <laughs> It's ninety percent of Garrett Cole's season. Honestly, I I think we need to get some type. Where is the money going? We need to. Are they cooking the books? Like we need to get some type of audit down there and figure out where the rest of the money is because this is why I argue for a fucking salary for floor for the good people of Baltimore that have to deal with this shit. Yeah, well, we know that some of it's still with Chris Davis, who's getting paid twenty something million a year from his deal that he signed. Oh, twenty something uh, million, and and their and their total is thirty three. So that means they're paying what thirteen? Well, is, and this is why the the floor is important, right? Like, it's they have had man. no incentive to sign players to contracts that exceed a couple million dollars, right? They've they've made a they made their decision. After that last run they gave it in 2017, that they were going to just up and give everything away, I know. starting with the trade of Machado, and that signaled the fire sale. And I give Brandon Hyde a lot of credit, who they hired and said, you're going to do a lot of losing here. And they have been as bad as it gets in 2019 and 2020 and 2021. I love the fact that they have told him, your job is safe because your job is not to win ball games." And this team is responding to him. He is reaping the benefits, and he should be the manager as they start to climb out of this. I don't know if this is a blip on the radar or if they actually are going to have a representative second half of the season, dude, but it is incredible. With a $33 million payroll where they've, like you said, over the last what feels like 8 to 10 years, they've stripped the paint off the walls. They've taken all the sheetrock out. It is gutted right now. They are better than one, two, three, four, five. That's just the AL alone. They are better than five teams in the AL right now. 
they have a better record then. It's just you can't give it enough due, and it's a real baseball franchise. You know, it's a real fan base. It's a real ballpark. It's a real historic team. And it's been a shame that they've been really outside of that four or five year stretch from like 2012 to 2016 that for the better part of since Ripken retired, they've been an absolute doormat. Yeah. I mean, they had what they had a couple of years with uh, Brady Anderson and Brian Roberts, the steroid boys there. And then they had their Miguel Tejada, Melvin Mora run. And then they had their Adam Jones and, Chris Davis and Machado, and Machado. then that was it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were in the ALCS um, Once. in 20, yeah. 2014. With Buck, right? Yeah, they uh, they lost to the Royals. Yes. All right, let's, let's get into the Central here. Let's get into the Central United States. Um, Minnesota Twins, 50 and 44. I was a little surprised by this team. I did not expect them to be this good, especially because Paddock went down so early with, um, I think it was Tommy John again. Yep. Um, and you know, I have to say Correa has started to turn it around. He's almost at two eighty. Um, he got off to an ice cold start. Um, but this team just figures out a way to win. I mean, they're, uh, I got to look at their rankings, but I think they're in, I think they're in the middle of the pack in both, runs scored and runs against, but they, they still figure out a way. Well, they, they slug teams, you know, they, they have a very deep and powerful lineup and it's led by Buxton. Who's an all-star and he hit a bomb in the all-star game too. He almost hit it out at Dodger stadium. He's a stud, man. He's an absolute fucking stud. You want to know what though? On the field. They're only 13th. They're only 13th in runs per game. I know, but they have a they are a lineup though. Like they explode for runs when they when they're on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they they have had guys in and out of the lineup, but they they are an absolute they're a ter- they're a tough team to navigate. And there's some bad teams in that division. That's um, the reason why they're up there because they are in the absolute middle of the pack in both runs against and runs and runs per game. They're, yeah, they're, they're not dead a great in the team. Middle. No, I don't, I don't see them even winning a first round in the playoffs. This division just sucks ass as we drop down past <laughs> past these guys. Yeah, and you see Cleveland sitting there, you know, two games behind them at second there. They're two games over 500. Yeah, they're not you, a particularly we could probably, good team. You and I could probably, aside from you and I, they, a normal person could probably name, what, one person on, on the Indians? Well, well the Jose Guardians Ramirez? now. Sorry, the Guardians. Oh. Jose I mean, Ramirez, Fermil Reyes, um, Jimenez. I'm not asking you. Bat. I'm not asking you. I'm saying like a normal baseball. But fan. I'm, not, I'm not reading them off to say that to say the names and show off that I know them. I'm saying those are guys that have contributed to them being this good. Rosario, former Met. The two former Mets have been mainstays in that lineup. Rosario's yeah. gotten better offensively. And Tristan you know McKenzie having yeah, a year, dude. Yeah, and Bieber's back to where he was too. Yeah, he had a he had a couple hiccups earlier in the season, and he started to figure it out. I don't think this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, so there's not much to talk about here. But I, you know what? I, they may be sellers at the deadline too. That's a smart team. Let's talk about the most disappointing team. Yeah, I want you to go here this in is, all this of is baseball. Your time now. In all, I think they're by far the most disappointing team in all of baseball. Um, I mean, 
Do I need to name you the players that are on this fucking team? I mean, Dylan Cease is like second in the league in strikeouts. I don't think he made the all-star team this year, but if he did, he should have. I mean, he's going to be a legit Cy Young candidate. Kopech goes out there and throws a 1,000. Every every game, I mean, they have one of the best closers in baseball. They got Lance Lynn as well, and Giolito, by the way, mm-hmm. who I don't know if he won a Cy Young or he finished second a couple years ago. He's another stud, but he's having a fucking terrible year. I think his ERA is in the fours. And then this lineup, it's like I, I know. I think Tim Anderson started the All Star game. Yep. But aside from that, like nobody is hitting. Not, no, no, like you know what I'll say, Luis Robert, who, uh, and you know what Jose Abreu's batting three oh four this year, but he's not hitting for power at all, which is what is expected out of him. He's only got eleven home runs. He should be in the high teens, low twenties. But I mean, is Eloy Jimenez is he back? I believe he's back. Uh, yeah, I th- he might have just come back. He was out for a long time. I mean, regardless, this team, this like we said earlier, this division sucks, and no, they should easily be leading it. I mean, they they have like an all star team at every single position, and the only all star they have is their shortstop. That's it. Tom, this is again like this is why baseball's so funny because you can have a lot of talent and it doesn't matter. They're there is something inherently wrong within that clubhouse, and I really believe it. it's all about Larusa. I mean, I, they can say whatever the hell they want about how they trust them and how it's on them and their lack of performance, and of course, that's obviously true. But we've seen on a couple of occasions this guy is intentionally walking people with two right two counts. In the middle of the bats, like, like he he's. Was he, uh, was he doing that like during his positive remember. runs, like with the A's remember. and with the no? I mean they are they are middle of the pack, 18th in ERA, and they are 15th in runs per game, and they should be in the top 10 in both of those. And yeah, I I, I would the the fact and you and I we didn't talk much baseball this year leading up to now. But we have mentioned it before. That's how glaring it is, the fact that Tony La Russa has not been canned yet. It's going to take a lot I mean, to get canned. The DUI thing alone. It's going to take a lot to get him canned. Reinsdorf, this was Reinsdorf's biggest regret, he said, in all his years mm. of letting him go in, in the late 70s, early 80s. And, and, does, you know, he, he, does Reinsdorf know it's 2022? <laughs> he should, but we talked about them last year. I mean, Tom, they they got they got swept out by Houston. Uh, they were in the playoffs. I know Houston's great, but I mean, they were not even competitive in that series. And you expected them to take advantage of a really average at best division, and they they've not done that to this point. I know. Abs- I couldn't agree more. Ryan Storff, I mean, you watched the end of the last dance. We're going to talk about the next big. ESPN documentary later on in the pod, but I mean, this guy, sometimes he doesn't make the most sound of decisions. No, no, he lets emotion run a lot of his decisions, and that's obviously when when you get into trouble. Um, Tom, this next team that we're going to talk here, we don't have to spend a lot of time on, but I really do believe you can put the Tigers in 
the most disappointing category because they were going for it. They made moves to improve. Mm-hmm. This is not they a went team. out and got Baez and Meadows and Rodriguez. Yeah, and and they brought in Pineda. Like they made moves to try to do better, and they've just been awful. This team cannot score runs if they tried. And on top of that, too, you had Spencer Spencer Torkelson, who they called up their top rated prospect. They had to just send him back down because he's hitting a buck ninety. And I know it's early. We don't want to give up on any prospects. But when you see guys like J-Rod performing out in Seattle and you see Torkelson, you know, really struggling to just get a hit here and there, I mean, that 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 hurts their offense. Baez has been a disaster, which is what I predicted. Good job by uh, you. I, I, you know, a guy who just doesn't have a, 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 any plate discipline as his bat slows down a little bit is not going to be a good player, and he's not been a good player for them. Um that you know, to give him six years, Erod. You know, he had he like left the team back uh, in like April. I don't know if he's back yet, but he has not been great. This team really went for it, and uh, AJ Hinch deserves all of it because obviously he's a snake and, and a cheater. <laughs> Listen, not I, I'm looking at this team's roster, and there is not one guy that's worth talking about. Not one nope. guy. So nope. I think that's all we have to say about that. Let's move on to Kansas City. Bobby Witt Jr., a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Granky will get dealt. I mean, Witt Merrifield is hitting 240 this year. I, I, I the, the guy, I think he led the league in hits last year. He's having a fucking terrible year. Um, I, I, Perez has been real bad after an all-star year last year. Terrible, yeah. I mean, Ben Benintendi's, I guess, their one shining star, their asset. Um, that's it. That's all I got for you. Yep, though they have guys that they're going to trade, and and they're going to acquire more prospects. They have a very loaded farm system. Some prospects that will probably come up in the second half of the year, and uh, that's what you have to look forward to as a Royal fan. They're they're a bad baseball team. No doubt about it. Bobby Wood Jr. two fifty four with thirteen bombs, forty seven RBIs, but he does have seventeen stolen bases. No, he's going to be a star. Oh, no. No doubt about it. All right. You ready to move out to the West? Yep. Houston Astros. They are sitting at 59-32. and 32. They're, They'd be – I think they'd be the best team in baseball if it wasn't for the Yankees. Nope. The Dodgers have 60 wins, but they're right up there. They're top three. Um, this team just continues to win. They let Correa walk. They replace him with Jeremy Pena, and the kid doesn't skip a beat. He is incredible. He's hitting 263 with 13 home runs, six stolen base, 35 RBIs. But, I mean, he plays a great defense. He's a stud. No, he is. And, and the only reason the numbers aren't better is because he missed some time. He was on the IL. Yep. But, yeah, he's this team is a juggernaut. Uh, Alvarez. You know, Alvarez, have, before he got hurt, he was, he was looking at legit MVP votes. Yeah, you know, he's he's a wrecking crew. Tucker. Uh, Tucker's a wrecking crew. I you know, the same old story with Altuve. Bregman hasn't been tremendous, no. but you know he's good for a big hit. They get no production out of their catcher spot, but they don't care because their pitchers are great. And they and love Maldonado. Yeah, they do. And then you've got Verlander, who is just, you know, he's the Tom Brady of, of, of pitchers. Let's just call it how it is. The guy ages like fine wine. He comes back after Tommy John, and he's got an ERA, I believe, in the twos. And he's just—he was an all-star again. 
you know, he dominates every time he gets the ball. Yeah, but he wasn't the only all-star for them. I mean, Framber Valdez was an all-star as well. Yep, and you've got, obviously, Christian Javier and Garcia and... You know, Oda Rizzi came back. You're you're working on the colors coming back, so they're 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 loaded and they're going to make moves at the deadline like they always do. And they are the real they are the Yankees kryptonite to this point. They're only four behind the Yankees in the loss column. They've got a doubleheader in Houston with the Yankees on Thursday. This is a team, Tom, that we just don't want to see, and it's more and more reason why you know the Yankees need to get a guy like Castillo because. I, I right now, if you told me this team, these two teams as currently constituted are playing a best of seven, I'm taking Houston. Agreed. We need we need to miss bats. Need to miss bats against that team, and we need to make sure that the best of seven starts and ends in the Bronx. Unlike the last two times where it started and ended in Houston, and it ended abruptly for the Yanks. No doubt. All right, you want to talk about the hottest team in baseball? Yeah. Why don't you take the wheel here with with Seattle? 14 wins in a row, Seattle Mariners. I I really like this team. They've got a lot of guys. They're not going to get mentioned a lot on national TV because they're the Seattle Mariners. But, I mean, first guy I want to start with outside of Rodriguez is Ty France. I mean, he got yeah. hurt, but the guy's hitting 308 with 50 RBIs. I mean, he's having an incredible year. Um, coming up basically out of nowhere. I don't think anybody expected him to perform this well. Um, their pitching staff is pretty good this year. I mean, Robbie Ray is not having as good of a year as he did last year, but he's still pitching to a 3.54, and I think that's going to go down in the second half. And then this guy, Logan Gilbert, is just fucking filthy. Yeah, he is. And he's got 276. He's, he's incredible. No, they're they're a very good team, um, and, and you know we've been waiting for this because last year, remember, they were knocking on the door of the mm-hmm. playoffs and just folded like a cheap like a cheap chair at the end of the season. Otherwise, they would have been in as a wild card. But this team is back, and and Rodriguez obviously really helps them. Ray gives them a true number one starter, so Gilbert can just do his thing there as the number two. This team scores runs. You know, another guy is uh, Jesse Winker. You know, he puts up numbers. Uh, uh, this team is legitimately good. I don't think that they're as good as what they've been showing lately. But, Tom, we're on t- year 21 since their last postseason birth. they got to make it. Is this a year? I think it's the year. Because uh, if you look up and down, remember, there's three wild cards now. Are, are any of the other teams – You've got the three AL East teams. Can we agree that none of the other central teams outside of the winner is, is going to go to the playoffs? Agreed. So the door is wide open for Seattle because obviously Texas, the Angels, and Oakland are not, not going to be in the conversation. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think they'll make the playoffs this year. It'd be great for the game. It'd be great for that city. They deserve it. You know, they're another example of a team that has gone for it and has just gotten bitten by some bad luck. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders heading into the break. All right, you ready to talk about Texas? Yeah, Texas is an interesting team. Obviously, you know, they go out and spend the money on Seager and, and um, Simeon. Their pitching has been eh. Top half Martin has Perez. been good. Yeah, Top, John Perez. Gray and Martin Perez have been very good. They've been real good. Other than that, it's kind of the same old story with Texas, right? 
Yeah, I mean, they've got a couple really talented guys. It seems like except for their few World Series runs where I think they lost to the Cardinals and something else, I can't remember. Giants. Yeah. Um, aside from that, it just seems like they they have a lot of really to- good top-end talent, and then it, the, it just falls off a cliff, cliff fast. Yeah, I wonder what they do come deadline time because they can make they can talk themselves into if they acquire one more piece of being a wild card team, or they could say, hey, why don't we sell off a guy like Perez while he's at top value, um, and you know, bring in even more talent to get better for next year. They're they're interesting because I do think they want to make the postseason with that new ballpark. Yeah, but it ain't gonna happen. I find it hard to believe they're. You know, they're eight games under five hundred right now. Yep, I know. I just think that third wild card, it, 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 you can talk yourself into it pretty easily sometimes. True. All right, Sean, can I change my vote for most disappointing team right now, now that I'm looking at it? <laughs> sure. May I change my vote? You can have Chicago. I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You know every year I pound the table for this fucking team. <laughs> I mean, they go out and they get Noah Syndergaard, they get Lorenzen, and it's the same fucking story. I mean, Joe Adele, they bring him up, they send him down, they bring him up, they send him down, shitter get off the pot. I just, I mean, they have talent on this team. I mean, Jared Walsh, big time power hitter, David Fletcher hits fucking 320. Um, I, I, I mean... You know, this team has some good players on it. Tom, they have two of arguably well, yeah, the top even. three or four players in baseball. I forgot to mention that, by the way, they have Shohei Otani, who's the greatest baseball player ever, and Mike Trout, who's the greatest statistical baseball player ever. By the way. It, it, it's a travesty. When what you a really poopy signing, by the way, of Anthony Rendon. Yeah, and it sucks because he is still a good player. He's just not been on the fucking field since he signed there. Um, the pitching to me is always where we go with them, and rightfully so. The names that you let off, you know, talking about with that lineup, though, they're all. There's a lot of things that tell you that they should be a good offensive team, but all of those guys are streaky as hell. And you've also got Joe Adele, who might just not be any good. And that might be where they're at because they've given him time and time again to prove that he's a real player in this league. He might be a quadruple A player. Exactly. Nope. Uh, he has not shown that he can do anything really on the major league level. And, you know, I'm going to say this, and I don't want this to sound like a Homer statement, and I'm sure you will agree. And anybody, you know, just, just watch the tape. I think, you know, when you talk about Trout, when you talk about Otani, oh, their numbers are fine. You know they're they're gonna they're gonna kill the the dregs of that division and you know the Oaklands of the world, the Texases, up until now the Mariners. Shohei Otani, have you seen his numbers against the Yankees in the AL East? He's awful. Yeah, it's he's, pretty much ownage. The Yankees have killed him every start he's made, and offensively he hasn't done a whole lot against the best teams in the league, you know, discounting Houston. And that's always a little tricky, right? Cause you see them so much. They play in that division. I'm not taking anything away from what he is, but you even see trout like that series in New York. I think he went like one for 15 and that's just not going to get it done 
And really, ever since Madden got fired, you thought that maybe they would have a Phillies type of, you know, rejuvenation. And they've done anything but that. They're just not good. I, I, I mean, Tom, would you even consider trading Otani with the rest of next year, all the rest of this year, and all of next year with him still on the books? He's a huge draw in sale. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you're not winning anything with him. No, um, I agree. I, I think that they should definitely look. <laughs> I think they really should look into it. Apparently, there's some ties to the Mets. My coworker says it every day. He has to mention it to me. Is there a more like damned if you do, damned if you don't in all of sports than the Angels potentially trading Otani? No, there isn't. Um, and I guess I mean the thing. It, like the only answer to that is just getting better. But they've tried. That's the crazy thing. I know. You can't you can't say that they haven't spent money because even early on in Trout's career, I mean, you went out and you got CJ Wilson, Josh Hamilton, and um and Pujols. Pujols yeah. Uh, I, I can't believe I was blanking on him and then and nothing came of it. I think they they had a first round exit once. Yep. No, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I I really don't know how to make it better out there. No, I don't know either. And it's maybe move to Vegas. I I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know that's the thing, right? Like they're they're not playing in Los Angeles, so Anaheim is not Los Angeles. That would be like if the Yankees or Mets were playing on like Staten Island, or if they were playing in like Long Island, maybe. Right? Like it's New York, but it's not. That's really where the Angels are, and the only thing keeping them relevant. I mean, we talk a lot of shit about the Jets and the Giants. Sure. (laughs) But <laughs> they play in Newark. <laughs> but I mean, Otani is the draw. He is the story of baseball. All every time he either takes the mound or comes to the plate, he's doing shit you've never seen before. But it's not manifesting in wins. And if you're not only you're when gonna, he pitches, right? And they're going to have to make a decision on him after next year of how much money they want to give him annually. And he could easily say, "I want fifty-five million a year." for what I do on the mound and at the plate. And you might have to say, you know what? Right. Cause if you're talking about most valuable player, it's not even a question that it's him, but that most valuable player, much like we talked about with trout for years, dude, it's not manifesting in postseason appearances. It's not manifesting in anything other than, Oh, right. Trout had another great year and the angels finished 20 games under 500. Yep. No, they, they suck. And they are again, I, I think they could be our most disappointing team of the decade. It's it's really it really is crazy to think about. Yep. All right. Ready to move on to Oakland, which is just going to be like a turnstile for getting rid of guys that have any bit of value. Yeah, Montas. He sounds like he's going to start on Thursday. They want to see if he's healthy. Does he get traded? What do you think? Yes, he's gone. I think ramon liriano's gone if ramon liriano hit for a little bit better average i would want him on the yankees tomorrow yeah no, he's, he's such a great fielder he really is he's playing more corner now but he's a really good fielder and he's got a cannon for an arm blackburn's gonna be gone you gotta trade him yeah he's their lone he's their lone all-star and sean murphy the catcher too murphy yep nick catcher. allen maybe i mean is is allen too young maybe to trade yeah, he might be one of the guys they want to build around. But, you know, you've got Elvis Andrews. Does a team need a shortstop? You've got Tony Kemp. Does a team need a second baseman? And you know, they have some guys that teams will want. 
and they will obviously trade them in the right deal. Um, what about Caprillion? You want him back on the? I do not. <laughs> he I was on the Yankees rule. for a minute, right? He, he was. Uh, he was actually in the Sunny Gray trade. Yeah. I have a rule when it comes to trades. I don't want to trade for anybody who's not better than internal options. If I have to question whether you're better than Clark Schmidt or Domingo Herman or any other guy, JP Sears, that we can plug into the rotation, then I don't want you. And I think that's fair. We over-exaggerated because we don't watch these guys every single game. I had my buddy text me. He said, what about a reunion with Pineda? And I asked why with his five ERA. Like, no, we have 10 other guys in our system who could come up and do that for us. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on to the senior circuit. Start in the East, as we always do. Briefly talk about the Mets. I mean, to finish off the first half of the season, they swept the doubleheader against the Cubs. They took one, two, three of four from the Cubs. They are only two and a half games up on a surging Atlanta, but they are 58 and 35. Sean, this year is different for this team. Yeah, we've been talking about it all year, right? As we've talked about the locals exclusively, it's different. You know, that game on Sunday, they would have liked to have back. We know the needs that they have to address. We talked about it last podcast, bullpen and another bat. They continue to show that they need those. They have seriously been a dominant team. The Braves are just the defending World Series champs, and they're fucking great. Absolutely. I, I need to stress as the as the Closet Mets fan on this podcast how desperately the Mets need another go-to bat. I mean, you cannot have a mixture of Mark Canna and J.D. Davis as your DH. It makes me sick. It makes me not want to bet on you guys because whenever they come up, not even in a big situation, but any situation, it's an automatic out, and it makes me sick. Yeah, both those guys are great players when they play sporadically, right? If you play each of them three days a week, four days a week, they're really good baseball players. When they're hitting fifth or sixth as an everyday DH, they're not great. And that's, you know, I think Escobar has hurt them a little bit. He has not had a good season. You know, I mean, obviously Alonzo. Well, yeah, bad. Escobar. Escobar had. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good second half because he had an eye problem, a major oh. eye problem, and he got that fixed. Good. Now he's had some big hits as of late, but they need him because they yeah, were counting he heated on him up with the Cubs. So I'm hoping good. so. Good. Well, so we know the story with the Mets. Is and, Lindor? And I, is Lindor just like, you know, another one of these Sunny Gray guys that just can't do it in New York? There's your third comp. I got it in before the pod was over. That one I think is a stretch. It is a stretch. He's had a, he's had a very good year. He's two forty eight. Yeah, but look at his RBIs. I think he has sure. one less RBI than he had all of last year. Yeah, like he might never be again, dude. What he was in Cleveland for the few years, like we we might have to accept that, and that sucks with the kind of contract he got. But at the end of the day, he's still a really you know, top echelon shortstop, a switch hitter with pop. Gold glove. He is not a Mets problem. No, you're right. You're and right. he's going to look a lot better when they get another legitimate pro hitter in that lineup because he's asked to – him and Alonzo are asked to carry a lot of that stress. I have to say, honestly, possibly the signing of the year is Starling Marte. Oh, he's so good. I mean, he's just incredible defensively, offensively. He's been He's been amazing. Let's um, give Edwin Diaz his flowers too. He has what? just been. Do we have to get somebody? 
flowers that it took him three years to figure it out? Yes, because he <laughs> not only is an all-star this year, he's averaging like two strikeouts an inning. Yeah, he's he's, been great. he's literally been unhittable. Listen, I, the sub stack. Let's well, John Walker's been having a fucking year and a half too. Um, the sub stack will be all over it if I could bet fucking relievers for strikeouts per game. We would we would be all over that stat, but it's very difficult to do that. So, moving on, Atlanta. Matt Olson has finally awoken, started to heat up. Acuna's in and out of the lineup, but. I mean, this team's all about Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Austin Riley, and Dansby Swanson, and Michael Harris. This team's got a lot of talent. I'm sorry. <laughs> this team is awesome. And Darno made the All Star team too. Yeah, and Albies is hurt. Yep. You know that's this team is a juggernaut. They're really, really good. You didn't mention Morton, who's also you know a, a steadying piece of that rotation. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt, dude, that they are going to go out at the trade deadline as they did last year, basically remaking their entire roster. Rosario's back now. They're going to make additions that they need. If I'm the Mets, I really feel terrible because, yeah, they're whether they're the wild card or the division winner, they are still the team that I would take simply due to the fact that if you have a healthy Scherzer and DeGrom, I don't think anybody can beat that. But the Braves, I mean, this is just a team that, if, it, if they played in any other division other than the AL East, they'd probably be 10 up. Yep. Maybe the AL West too. Please keep your everybody listening. Keep your eyes on keep your eyes on this guy Spencer Strider. He is filthy. He's incredible. He's just another one of these guys the Braves find and and develop. Yep. All right, you ready to talk about Philadelphia? Yeah, this is an interesting team. The I Braves, want to kind of hear Braves, what your thoughts are here. The Braves will make the playoffs, by the way. 100%. It's not a question. Um, I mean, ever since the firing of Girardi, they've been a bit hotter. Um, Nola's seemed to turn it around. Schwarber's been one of the best hitters this year um, in baseball, at least for power. Um, but uh, I still consider, with the talent on this team, I, I still feel like they're a disappointment. I understand Segura's hurt, and Efren as a pitcher is hurt. Um and a few other guys, but I just I feel like they should be better. Their bullpen is a dumpster fire, and they play not bad defense, abysmal defense. Yeah, and I guess unless you're scoring ten runs a game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't see this team making the playoffs. No, no, because you don't have games where they outslug an opponent. But their defense is going to cost them a game, and if their defense doesn't cost them a game, their bullpen's going to come in and blow it. And that's just—I I think that they are the epitome of an average baseball team, Tom. Yeah, they did bring up former number one overall pick Mark Appel, but he's kind of a bust. That's a good story for anything else, but I just don't. Yeah, I just don't think they're that great. No. Uh, they're not great. I just don't they're... think they're that good. There are a lot. I mean, I, I feel like we talked about a bunch of teams earlier. Uh, I can't remember exactly which team. Maybe it was they. They feel like the Texas Rangers to me. They Just have a lot of Rangers. A lot them. of a lot of top end talent: Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, and then you got Nola and Zach Wheeler. But it's just a you know a whole lot of farts after that. Just a lot of fucking wet, <laughs> shitty farts. Wet, shitty farts. That's what I think of when I think Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, 
I agree with you. That was probably your third perfect comp right there. They Thank have you. a lot of Rangers in them, and, and they just play in a division where you can't be bad defensively and have mediocre pitching and a bad bullpen because yeah. you're going to lose a lot of games. Real Muto, pick it up, bro. You suck. He's been bad. Yep. All right, next team, Miami Marlins. I mean, the last couple of years, this team has made me raise an eyebrow. They have the world's greatest pitcher right now, Sandy Alcantara. He is yep. insanity. He throwing 100 in like the ninth inning, it seems like a couple of games ago. They've got a lot of fun guys. Joey Wendell, former Tampa Bay Rays over there. Cooper, I think, did Cooper make the all-star team? One of them did. I can't remember. Jazz Chisholm. Jazz, I mean, he might be... I believe he did. Yeah, Cooper made the all-star team this year, um, I think. But with that being said, yeah, Jazz is – I feel like if he didn't play in Miami, he – another comp for you here. You ready for this one? We're going for four now. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go for four here. He reminds me a lot of um, Ozzy Albies, just like a very exciting, short, fast guy with a lot of pop, just super electric player. The electric player comp is true. I, I think Albies has a lot more power than him. But You think? Yeah, I do. I don't know, man. I mean, Albies is a 30-30 guy. Yeah, I guess so. I, 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 Jazz Chisholm has 14 bombs right now, Sean. He's got 14. He's not at 30 yet. Yeah. What, what's today? What, what marks I'm today? He has what to do marks it. today? The halfway point. Today. The halfway it, it, point of the season. I understand that. What I'm saying is, is he has not had 30 home runs yet. So I'm not going to say because he has 14 now that he's going to absolutely finish with 30. I'm guaranteeing it. All right. Put it on the sub <laughs> No. I'm not that gonna. I now follow, by the way. I'm not going to burn money like that. But, I, I mean, this team is fun, and it feels to me like they're building. They're Something. they're only five <laughs> yeah they're only five games under five hundred and Alcantara is like honestly he's such a throwback you know he hasn't had a game since May sixth that he's pitched less than seven innings that's unheard of in today's baseball even the best pitchers don't go that long Ozzy Albie's thirty twenty guy by the way thirty twenty okay <laughs> sorry still thirty still thirty it's still thirty bombs you sound like Will Smith in an argument right now <laughs> um. Yeah, Alcantara, I mean, that's a guy that I would love to be a Yankee. Sure, and everybody else would love that. He's only 26, though. He's not going anywhere. No, not at all. Um, All right, basement here. They got 31 wins. We're looking at – this is the Oakland Athletics right now, uh, the team that I feel like is going to get poached. Um. I think Victor Robles is hurt this year, but maybe he's on the move. Um, obviously, Soto, we heard the news about him. Um, if Corbin has any value left over, although he's kind of sucked, uh, maybe a team can get him for a bag of balls. Nelson Cruz, um, pretty much anybody that's worth anything. Doolittle, maybe. Uh, Josh Bell. Oh yeah, well, Met. Bell's Bell Bell is I like to call him future New York Met Josh Bell. Yeah, there it is, there it is. I was going to say that too. Yeah, I mean, I, a before we talk any more about them, because even though they're terrible, they they are an interesting story. Can you recall a team that won a World Series 
and within three years became this. And don't say the Royals because it took them a while and they kept all their guys. Within two years, they traded their ace, their franchise shortstop, and now they might trade Soto. No, I mean, you think back to one of those Red Sox teams, and I feel like, but the Red Sox weren't that bad. But they also didn't trade, like, I mean, obviously they traded Mookie, but they they didn't trade faces of their franchise that literally just won them a title. That looked like they were going to be there forever. You know, Trey Turner should still be a national. Trey Turner is the best shortstop in baseball, by the way. Um, Yeah. It's crazy, but I mean, I guess you bought yourself what ten years equity. Well, they're selling the team now, so you know <laughs> that's the crazy thing with Desoto. You know, him declining that offer, which was fourteen years at four hundred and forty million, but it was only like twenty nine point four annual, which isn't even close to what you know he should be making annually. And it's like you're buying the new team. What do you have? Like, if you trade Soto. What are you selling to that friend to that fan base? Yeah, I mean, outside, I don't know who their prospects are, but literally nothing. Well, they, that's not true because they got a haul from the Dodgers for. Uh, no, I know. That's why I said I don't know who yeah. their prospects are. Yeah, I don't know who they are. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that their prospect system is already is pretty good. You know what's killed them is obviously Strasburg hasn't pitched really at all since he signed that deal at, after uh, 2019. Corbin has been god-awful. John Heyman reported today that the Nationals might try to uh, have a team take him on if they find a, uh, a partner for Soto. I wouldn't want anybody to – I wouldn't want the Yankees to do that. Uh, that's a tough tax to have, even if you're not giving up. You're still going to have to give up top-tier talent from your system. Remember we wanted him? Corbin. Yeah, but that's the that's He the won thing. the World that's Series, what, though, so and he was but, a big part of it. He was, but you know that's a six-year deal, not a three, and that's that's the hard part when you give guys contracts like that. But yeah, man, this is just going to be a fire sale. We know Cruz is gone. We know Bell is gone. Robles hasn't really been hurt, dude. He's another one like Joe, um, like Adele. Like he just he just might not be good. Like he might not be a major league offensive player, and that's that's been you know. Remember, he was highly touted, much more so than Soto was. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Just, uh, it's crazy how they fall apart. Another guy who I'm looking at, remember, I, I, I saw he came across my fantasy baseball thing. Carl Edwards Jr. He's pitching okay this year. Yeah, yeah. He, he I you mean, they him they'll for, trade him. You can get him for nothing. Their entire bullpen though has been just gasoline on the fire. Like it's been so bad. Well, he's pitching to a 3.15 ERA for a poo-poo team, so. You never know. Look at, look Not at to the mention, games, uh, high leverage guy. Games. High leverage yeah. guy, 2016 World Series. Yep. Well, you know, he's he's contributed to a lot of those late inning losses. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to a team that, listen, I got to wait for the trade deadline to fold out, but this might be my second half pick to go to the World Series, and that's the Milwaukee oh, Brewers. Okay. I mean, this team... They got my favorite name in baseball, Rowdy Tellez. I mean, his name's Rowdy. I love that. I'm um, glad he's out of Toronto, by the way, because he hit the Yankees hard. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and this team, man, Woodruff has 
he is a great pitcher and he's really turned it around. He got off to a really bad start this year and he's dropped his ERA down below four. His last couple starts, the strikeouts have been ratcheted up. I mean, he's a two-time all-star, probably up there in Cy Young's. Obviously, Corbin Burns is the re- – uh, there it is. That was That's who won the Cy Young last year for the NL. It was Corbin Burns, yep. Yep, Corbin Burns. Um, was that the guy we were debating on who won? I don't know. Um, well, it was him against Gosman. Gosman was right there. I think he finished second. Yeah, and then this guy, Eric Lauer, is pitching really well on top of that. They pitch, man. They pitch. Haters had some hiccups lately. I don't he know. He has. If that's He's coughed it up. About. Yep. But they're a team. If I'm them, I'm going out and I'm looking for a little bit of offense, just to fill out my lineup because Yelich still hasn't fully turned it around. McCutcheon's kind of had a bit of a uh, of a renaissance, but they need some more offense in their lineup. Willie Adamas has been great for them. He has. Yeah. I mean, that's another guy who it's like. He was, he was touted as a defensive specialist or whatever, and now he's at 20 home runs. Yeah, and think about it. They didn't have to give up a lot to get him because Wander Franco took his spot in Tampa. He wasn't even playing that great in Tampa. Yeah. And he's just been he, he's been a hitting machine ever since he got to Milwaukee. I like that dark horse pick by you to potentially get to the World Series. They've, they've made some deep playoff runs over the years. Thank you. All right, ready to move on to the next team? Yeah, the Cardinals are mine, actually. So Go to the World Series? Yeah. I mean, I like him. I really do. Wainwright is somehow figured out a way to turn back the clock. Um, what is it? Mikolas. Miles Mikolas has been pitching really well this year. Um, and, and they've got a lot of offense. Obviously, Arenado and Goldschmidt to start it off. But, you know, this uh, this guy, what is it? Tommy, Tommy Edelman seems to get a hit every single time he's up. Um, and then the dark horse for them making the World Series is the fact that I has Jack Flaherty even pitched a game yet this year? No. And he's coming back very soon. That's the thing. Like, they've done all this. They're only a half a game behind Milwaukee, and they've done it without Flaherty. I mean, Tom, I, I think that this team, you know, the Cardinals are one of those classic teams you have that you have, like, the, the Steelers, right, in the NFL that you just, you're never going to count out. And I really think that when you look up and down the line in baseball outside of your Yankees and Dodgers, the the Cardinals are about as sure of a thing as you can get because their roster's always really good. And what's a little bit different this year with them is, you know, Goldschmidt's been good for them, but he's great this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's, he's taken – he's had some nice seasons since he got there, but this is by far his best level of production, and they're reaping the benefits because – you, know, you can't get him out, and he's just absolutely clubbing balls all over the place. And you know, you even got Pujols, who's who's deposited, you know, I think uh, double digit home runs now. There's a good vibe with this team, and if you just get him into the postseason, you get Flaherty back. This is not a team anybody wants to face. No, no doubt about it. Um, want to talk about another surprising team? Yeah, Pittsburgh Pirates in third place with. Not much talent outside of their top-end guys. Obviously, they brought up their superstar, just elite talent across the board, O'Neal Cruz. I mean, this guy throws the hardest ball across the infield. He ran the fastest this year. He's top five in exit velo. What can't this guy do? Well, the answer is nothing. He can do everything, and he's like a six-seven shortstop. Like, mm-hmm. he's Aaron Judge playing shortstop. Um, 
They've got Cabrian Hayes. You know, they're a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Maybe they could get something for uh, Quintana, but they're they have exciting young talent, and that's what you want, right? I mean, even Hoy Park, who they got for the Yankees, you know, they're just notorious for making terrible trades. You know, if you make a deal with the Pirates, you're probably winning that deal mm-hmm. going away. Well, a guy I'd like to look at if I'm looking for a bullpen guy is their closer, David David Bednar. I mean, he's been awesome all year. Yep, and you could probably get him. You know, they don't – bad teams don't need, you know, their closers hanging around. But, you know, Reynolds has obviously been the guy people have been talking about. But with the oblique injury and they have him under team control for a long time, I, I would – I don't understand why they would give him up yet. This is a guy that you could talk about in the offseason or next summer. You don't have to trade for him yet. But my God, man, that is the. He is just in those two games the Yankees played them last two weeks ago. God, he is just the perfect, perfect fit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know injuries better than I do if, if it's worth taking him on and letting him sit. I don't know what the severity of the uh, oblique is. Um, you know, you obviously have different level of strains, but I would still do it. I mean, if the price is right, I would still do it, especially because Soto, I think we can agree, is a pipe dream. And with Benintendi not being vaccinated, you just can't take that risk. I think Reynolds, if the price is right, after you address starting pitching, that's the route you go. No doubt. You ready to talk about the Cubs quickly? Yeah, they have some interesting guys who could be flipped. Yeah, they do. I mean, obviously Contreras. uh, Stroman just signed with them, so I don't think they'll be dealing him. But then we've talked about Hap. I think Wisdom's a guy if anybody's looking for power. Um, Hendricks, if you're looking for a a proven starter, although I don't think he's been great this year. But, I mean, he's a guy who might be able to round out the back end of your rotation. Anybody else I'm missing? David David Robertson. Robertson, Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's a guy that I have targeted for the Mets. Mm, Proven in New like York. That. They need another back-end guy. He's back to throwing 93-94 with that cutter, and his curveball's dropping off the table again. If I'm the Mets, and it probably won't cost anything to get him because he's you know under contract for just this year. Uh, and by the way, smart on the Cubs for, for signing him. We always wonder why these bad teams sign guys like that, and that's why. You know you're going to flip them at the deadline, and if they're performing well, you're going to get some value for them. Another guy that the Mets, if they're listening, should keep their eyes on. He's pitching to a two nine two ERA this year. Michael Givens. I always liked yes. him on Baltimore. Yes, that's another good one. Yeah, weird arm angle, just throwing arms and limbs and everything at you. I, I really like him. He's another guy that you could probably get for nothing. Yep, and and for the Cubs, it'll be prospects that they could either you know develop or they can plug and play some more guys who are making no money. And that's really what – those are the kind of players they want. I'm fascinated, Tom. You, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a yes or no right now. Is Ian Happ traded? Yes, I think so. Is he a New York Yankee? Yes, I think so. I, I think sometimes, it. you know, I say it on – I feel like I use this saying sometimes, if there's smoke, there's fire. And I just think that there's – with with uh, Reynolds as well as Benintende basically being eliminated, it just makes too much sense. And the Cubs' timetable doesn't really line up with his. 
and the two know each other's farm systems well, obviously from the uh, from the Rizzo trade last year. And Contreras is getting dealt. I'm fascinated to see where the Mets have been talked about. I don't know if the Mets. Do you want to bring in a catcher, or would you rather promote Alvarez? I don't know. We got a couple weeks to talk about it, but yeah, they're. Yeah, not to mention them. McCann has just been hurt. If he can get healthy, former All Star. Yeah. They need more production out of that position, but we'll see. And then obviously the Reds, Tom, and the, the biggest question there is, I'll just do it. I'll do it again. Is Luis Castillo traded? Yeah, um, I I think he is again. A team that their timetables don't really line up. It just depends on what the Yankees, if the Yankees can fleece them for for on the cheap, or if they got to give up some real prospects. It won't be cheap. It won't be cheap. I don't disagree. What is he? Twenty four, twenty five years old. He's got twenty nine next. He's got next year under under team control as but well. But there's there's other guys that you can poach from this team. I think there's only a few guys that are untouchables. Hunter Green, Jonathan India probably. Um, yep. I mean, I'm looking at a guy maybe for the Mets as a guy who can play uh, first base, second base, and third base in Brandon Drury. This is a guy yep. who should have made the all-star team this year. 278, 18 bombs, 52 RBIs. He's gonna get traded, and yeah, uh, and I think I, he's not gonna cost that much. No, he'll he'll cost enough just because of the year he's had, and they don't have yeah. to trade him, and there will be a market for him. Another one is Mustakis. Yeah, he's he's gonna cost a penny because he's been bad. He's been awful. Yeah, I think but, he's been playing very sparingly as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like those are guys too, where I always wonder when you have players who. We see it every year who have been parts of championship teams who are just dwelling on these awful teams that are trying to rebuild. You don't really mm-hmm. fit what that team's trying to do. Can you just get him rejuvenated and revitalized? If Three-time All-Star as well. Yeah, no, this guy's been a good player in the past. It just hasn't been lately. So we'll see there. But, yeah, obviously around the Reds, India is a fucking player, man. Tommy Pham as well. Yep, he could get moved. So there you go. I mean, what I like about the deadline the last few years is the bad teams who know they're bad, they have assets that other team wants, and that's always good. There's nothing worse than being a shit team with shit assets. You know who else is on Cincinnati that I really think the Yankees should take a look at? Maley? Luis Sessa. You ever heard of this guy? Get out of this <laughs> conversation right fucking now. <laughs> oh, shit. I was just looking at their roster, and I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, but no, I, I that's that's all I got. I I want Castillo, and I want the Mets to get Drury. I just I don't think the Mets need to go out. Even I think Drury would honestly be better than even Josh Bell because of the fact that he can play all over the place, and they already have a first baseman and any of the other guys that they have on their roster, Dom Smith or J D Davis, can already play first base. Yeah, I think they should just go out and get both of them. Honestly, like there you worry go. about. I worry about where you're playing them later. Like, just go get competent major league at bat. Like, you know, guys that can give you real at bats. Um, by the way, Brandon Drury, when we started this podcast, your first known guy. Remember that? Really? Oh, he yeah, was on the Yanks, well, right? Yeah, he 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 started 2018. And then he had the concussions, and then Andujar came up, and we never heard from him again. Yes, Brandon Drury. Jesus Christ, I can't believe I forgot about him. Did you he proclaimed start- him. You're like, I love this guy. I am going to love this guy. I think he played like a series and a half, and we never saw him again. Did he start his career with the Yanks? No, Diamondbacks. Oh my God! Yes, he was my first guy. Now I remember him. Jesus Christ, he's on yep. my fantasy team now. Yep. 
Look at that. Time flies, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah, I remember. I fucking loved him. He was an outfielder back then, right? Third base. Third base. Yes, yes, yes. And then Andahar got brought up, right? Andahar came up. And, and the rest was history. The year and yeah. yep, the rest was history. Well, shit. Wow. I, I hope this comes back full circle. He got a cup of coffee with the Mets last year, too. He He really kind of was like all over the place signing minor league deals and just was terrible. And then he signed with the Reds and he's had, I don't know whether he's finally healthy. I don't know whether it's just a shot, like a, you know, like lightning in a bottle. I don't know, but he's been great for Cincinnati, but yeah, he was, he got some at bats for the Mets last year. And I'm sure that if they reacquire him, they uh, were going to ask why the hell didn't you do this for us last year? Yeah. Well, maybe he's healthy now. All right. Dodgers, second best team in baseball. They look like they're destined to run through the NL again, unless we have something to say for it. I mean, how many All-Stars did they have this year? It felt like a million. <laughs> every every position? Yeah. It feels like. I mean, just like their starting pitching it just is literally mind-blowing. I mean... Walker Bueller has barely pitched this year. I don't. I, I honestly don't know his timetable. Yet they still have, I think, three all-star pitchers this year in Tyler Anderson, Gonslin, and Kershaw. Yep. Not to mention Uranus as well. Uranus. He's nasty as well. And they lost Trevor Bauer, by the way, which Lord knows if he'll ever pitch again, but that's a different story. Uh, Gratterall, their closer. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. He's filthy. Yes. Yeah. And, well, you want to know why he's their closer is because um, what's-his-face is hurt? Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't pitching well for him when he was healthy. Kimbrell is so weird. Like, he has years where he's tremendous, right? And you're like, boy, everybody should want him. And then he's bad, and he's like, you know, gone and you wonder like whatever happened to him then he sounds like a minor league deal pitching for a team that sucks finds his way into a closer role dominates teams throw top prospects at him he doesn't deliver then he gets hurt again like i feel like this has happened like four times in his career like braves to padres to red Sox to to cubs to white Sox, now to the dodgers yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when he's good, there's nobody in the league better than him. But when he's bad, he is bad. You literally, I mean, we talk about Chapman having problems finding, finding the zone. Whew. Yeah, no doubt. All right, oh, there's not much to say about the Dodgers. Uh, like, they don't even need to make moves, and they're going to make moves. They're the, they're the real, I think, uh, uh, challenger to the Yankees for Castillo, especially think, with Walker Buehler. To be honest, I think... Knowing how the Dodgers have been lately, I think they're I think they're in the in the running for Soto as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot well, of NL I think there's a lot of NL West teams that are gonna be in the running. They know their prospects so well. And they know the ones they want to keep and they know the ones they that they're willing to let walk. And I mean they leave no stone unturned when it comes to making additions. No doubt. Bellinger I don't even understand it. It's just, it's almost like he has Gary Sanchez syndrome. Yeah, much better player than Gary Sanchez ever was, but I agree. Uh, don't don't undermine what Sanchez's first year and a half was. <laughs> I mean, this guy is 
won a World Series and an MVP. I get it, but you know, he's he's just forgotten how to hit. No, I agree. They're in the same yeah. path right now, but I think Bellinger had a further fall from grace. Not that Gary Sanchez wasn't great. You know, I'm. You know, I rode for him for a long time. I know we had to because uh, you know we were fighting Will Smith, not the Dodgers. Will Smith, who again another All Star that they had. Um, I I think we'll agree that they're going to make moves at the deadline, and they're they're the NL playoff picture is going to be lit. Um, Padres yeah. fifty two and forty two. They're also mentioned as a contender for Soto to pair with Tatis. What do we think about this team where they're at right now? I think they have a couple of moves to make. I think they need I think they need a couple better arms in the bullpen. They should look at the Cubs. They should start talking to the Cubs because it seems to me because unfortunately I gamble on them a lot and their bullpen really likes to cough games up. <laughs> yeah, their bullpens cost them. Uh, you know, they're they're a weird team because they could use another outfielder and if it's not Soto I wonder if they go and look at Joey Gallo and see if they just get him for nothing and plug him in. Well, there. they can have him. But also another thing that they could do is just fucking say screw it, put Tatis in center and their other stud shortstop CJ Abrams can stay there full time at shortstop. Yeah, they could do that too. The bullpen though definitely needs to be addressed. They're ten games out. Great starting not- pitching. Yeah, no, the starting's great. I mean, Snell has not been, I don't think, what they thought they were getting. But no, he's but still he's, a very good But if you've watched him pitch lately, he's he's up to, I mean, he's up, I think, three, three strikeouts more per game in his last four starts, and his ERA has shrunk. He's good. starting they to need, turn it around. They need that from him. Musgrove's been phenomenal. Manea's been a good addition. They're, they're Darvish has been incredible this year. He has been great. They're 10 games back. They're obviously not contending for the division, but they are very happy taking the first wild card, which is why I think they're going to make moves. The Giants, obviously, Tom, last year was just lightning in a bottle. All those old guys produced. They're not getting the same production this year. And they're just a middling team. Uh, do you think they're going to be active at the deadline, either selling or adding, or do you think this team is going to kind of just stay where they're at? I mean, what, when do we have till the deadline? Uh, there's a few weeks between two the weeks break. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. I think... I think it really depends on if they fall further out. I think they'll be sellers. If not, they're going to stand pat. They have a couple of guys that they could sell in like a Logan Webb, um, maybe a Jock Peterson. I don't know how many years that deal is. I feel like Brandon Belts and trade rumors every single year. Maybe this is finally the year that they deal him. I know he's got a hand injury. Maybe if he can get himself to 100%. Um, I, I think pretty much everybody but Yastrzemski and Rondon are for sale on this team. Yep, and you know, I think that they're they're going to position their payroll to the point where they can offer Aaron Judge the moon and the stars. Sure, and you know what? If we get Soto, thanks for the memes, Aaron Judge. <laughs> thanks for the memes. There we go. Colorado, just to round out the NL West here and, and finish up our check-in with all 30 teams. Well, we also I mean, have the Diamondbacks after. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Rockies, like... Tom, I, I still don't understand why they signed Chris Bryant. Because it wasn't one of those, like, one year we could sell him, like, David Robertson. Like, I think it was, like, a six-year deal or something. It was seven, I believe. But you let... And Chris Bryan is great. I, I, I believe he's um, checking right now. He's got an NL MVP. 
in 2016. He's a four-time All-Star, including last year. Great player, but you know who's better that plays the same position as him? He doesn't even play third base anymore. He plays left field. Nolan Arenado. That's what doesn't make sense to me. I know. It doesn't make sense. He's a great player. I don't think he's long for Colorado. No, they're going to trade him in two or three years, and that's what it's going to be. It's inexplicable what they did. You just can't try to explain dumb, and that's (laughs) what they are out there. You know, CJ Crone has had an unreal season. They have some players. I feel like they've always had some players. I don't know if they trade anybody or if they just keep doing what they're doing, but yeah, that's a dumb organization. Anybody, anybody you see here worth trading outside of uh, Bryant because he's not going anywhere? I got my eyes on Alex Colomay. I've always liked him. Yeah, I think Colomay has some value. Freeland? I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're going to make any moves out of their starting staff. You know, they they yeah because they're so good. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> the top end guys, you know, when healthy, have been very good, and yeah. that's that they're not going to just give those guys away, but. Um, no, I mean, CJ Cron, I think is a guy that any contending team, I mean, he would fit the Mets just gorgeously, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to trade him. And I I don't know what the market really is for him because he's always been one of these guys that hits for a lot of power, but he's incredibly streaky when he's on. He's good. I don't think it's a course field thing. I just think that they're getting him playing really good baseball right now. And if you're remember, uh, Michael Morse. Yeah, of course. It kind of reminds me of yeah. him. Good like, comp, good comp. Thank you. I had a, I had to match you at least for one of these here. Like <laughs> you know, contending teams would trade for him. Like he had like two or three runs with the Giants. Yeah, and then he would go to a team and be bad, and then a team would bring him in after a couple home runs, and he'd be like a hired gun, and he'd hit bombs again. Like I know he was a Mariner for a while. Like that's who CJ Crone reminds me of. Yeah, no, no, that's a perfect comp. Another guy that you really want to look at if you're a team in the playoffs that needs a bullpen guy is Daniel Bard. 2.02 ERA, 20 saves this year. It's a great story that he's back. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think he needs he really should be traded to a contender. Relievers are going to be flying this the next 2 weeks. No doubt about it. Um is there anybody else that you can think of? Not on Colorado, no. No, I'm I'm look I'm combing. I'm really combing right now. Uh, the, I mean, this guy Jose Jose Urena, two point oh five ERA. He hasn't pitched that much this year; only seven games, but he's hot. Yeah, I mean, he's had just injury after injury. I think he was with the Tigers after he was with the Braves for all those years. Like he was in Miami for a little bit. Yeah, Miami cool. for a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't, oh yeah, Miami. Yeah, I I I would not. I I would not. You know. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm. I'm in the bargain basement right now. Another guy that's playing well is Jose Iglesias, my friend. Those kind of players are always attractive, you know. Especially if you're a team that's struggling with shortstops defensively or need a second baseman. Hitting three hundred one as well. Yeah, I mean he's he's always been. I would. I'll tell you this fucking right now. I made fun of him. I, I would much rather have him than IKF this year. Yeah, you hate IKF. I don't like him. I don't think he's a good shortstop. I don't understand where these rankings come from. He has 11 errors and probably should have more if Rizzo hasn't saved his ass and all these lawn darts mm-hmm. he throws. He makes the really difficult plays pretty well. He can't. You can't trust him on those routine ground balls, and I hate a shortstop. I know I'm spoiled as shit from Jeter and then obviously Didi. I don't like my shortstop who can't. I can't trust once has the ball is going to get it to first. 
Sorry. No, that's that's fair. That's that's a very simple thing. Um, all I also right. don't like him because real fast, I don't like him because if you're going to hit zero home runs and have 19 RBIs, I need you to hit a little bit more than 271. Just saying. Fair. All right, Arizona. I think on this team, obviously they suck. We don't have to say anything else about that. I think on this team, everybody but Ketel, Marte, and Gallon are available. Would yeah. you say? Those two uh, – I mean – it feels like Ian Kennedy has had like 10 resurgences and it feels like he's got had another one this year as like a middle innings bullpen guy, 3.58 ERA. And he also closed out four games this year. Um, any team and need a cheap bullpen help. Have a look at him. Um, Madison Bumgarner. Are we going to have this discussion again? I just don't know what, if it's worth trading for him because he's a weird guy. Like he's, he's a lot like Granky in the sense he's only going to go to like certain kind of markets. I think he has a no trade clause. Yeah. He's crazy. Like he, he, he is a guy that should be out West or in a small market where he can just go be a lumberjack or a bull rider, whatever the hell he does <laughs> in the off season when he's not pitching. But I just don't like, what can you honestly get for him? He's not been good I mean, at all. Uh, he's pitching so, to a three point five eight ERA, but all right. that's that's not bad. I, I take it back. I, I know he was really strong, but I agree. I agree with over. you in the sense that, like, I don't. Uh, he's like Granky, another comp. You, I got, I got. I think I got four today. You got three. Good or two. Yeah. Good for you. Two. Um, got two. We're not done yet, but um, yeah, I don't. Uh, another team, maybe St. Louis or something. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he'd be perfect in St. Louis. I think you know Midwest. I. I I don't know, and that's the hard part. Is I don't think it would take a lot to get him. I think Arizona would probably even eat some money to get rid of him. I just don't know, you know, realistically what a market for him looks like. I haven't heard his name mentioned in trade in, in trade talks. You know, when when starters are mentioned, so maybe it's an off season thing. But uh, maybe he just likes it out there and has said, "I've done plenty of winning." and and he has three World Series under his belt, and so I just like pitching out here in the desert, and mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna do my thing. Which you know, funny enough, we we always assume these players want to win nonstop, but you know, for a guy of, of Bumgarner's you know stature in his career, he could just be totally fine, just enjoying where he pitches, and that'd be it. Yeah, no, you you could be right. I mean, he's he's a weird guy. A couple other guys combing through this roster. Uh, I mean, they have Keuchel, but I think he's I think he's done. I think he's fucking yeah. toast. He's got an eight ERA right now, and he just came back. But guys that people might be interested in trading for is a, a back end starter, Zach Davies. He's pitching to a sub four ERA this year. On a, I mean, and it's tough to do on a team that's in last place. Um, and then position players wise, I mean, Christian Walker, he's only he's hitting just barely above. Three uh, two hundred, but he's got twenty two bombs this year. Yeah, the other one is David Peralta, yep. who the, he has been linked to the Yankees, and and I wouldn't mind him. You know, I don't he's want not him. having he's not having a great year by any stretch, but he's been good in the past, and he's not going to cost you a lot. And, yeah, sure. You know, I'm I'm saying if all other fails, right? Because yeah, if you're under the prop, if you're under the premonition that they're going to sign or they're going to give up their top guys. Who, who are not untouchables, but uh, for, for Castillo, then, 
you're probably not going to have the assets that you want to spend to go get a premier outfielder. And Peralta's a kind of guy where, you know, you really, at this point of the game, you just need somebody better than Gallo. And that's what he is, right? Like, if you bring in Peralta and he's splitting time with a combination of Judge, uh, Hicks, Stanton, and, you know, Carpenter once a week in the outfield, I think that that's more than fine. He's not great. He certainly isn't Benintendi or Reynolds or somebody of that ilk, but he's also a lot better than Joey Gallo because you can't be any worse than Joey Gallo. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to argue that. So <laughs> I think he's a true fallback plan. I don't think they're pr- prioritizing him, but if it doesn't cost a lot to get him, then you know you could do worse than him. Yeah, I agree. I guess you could do worse than him. Well, that's 30 teams, my friend. We did it. It was long overdue. We did it. It was long overdue. I hope we gave everybody pretty much everything that they need there. I think we did. I mean, if somebody, you know, a little water cooler talk tomorrow, you guys are going to be brushed up on it. Hey, listen, this is the perfect time to listen to this baseball extravaganza. There's no games until Thursday. You're you're going through the doldrums of a no sports week. Sit back and enjoy our commentary on each team in baseball right now. And get yourself prepped for the second half, if you care. I mean, not a lot of people care about baseball anymore. It's a shame. Probably why we only talk about it a couple times. Um, Baseball that we do care about. Sean, it 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 could take me literally putting a gun to your head to watch a series (laughs) over a three-year period, and you still won't watch it. But something about Jeter comes out, and you watch it, Appointment television live. What did you think? Well, first of all, it's over several weeks and it's only seven episodes. Uh, so I think you got to give me a little slack there. Um, it's seven episodes? I thought it was only four. No, it's going to be seven. Oh, wow. I got to check my DVR out. There you go. ESPN Plus, you can stream it. Um, True. Yeah, I had that as well. I watched it. Did you? Of course I watched it. Michaela and I sat down and watched it. So what were your just give me some of your thoughts and and where what were certain takeaways that you had from episode one? I mean, Jeter's the coolest. That's number one. I guess you didn't realize how tough of a time his parents had, Um, you know, growing up where his father grew up and, and their relationship and whatnot, going through all that stuff back in the 80s and 70s, 80s and whatnot. Um and then, I mean, shout out to Stick, I guess. Well, you know, what was interesting to me was no, nothing was really told from the organizational Yankee standpoint that I didn't already know. I guess it was good for folks who, who didn't know about it or were too young. I mean, too young. We were kids, but, you know, we're, we did watch most of his career. And I mean, we, Sean, you were a kid. I was a baby. All right, fine. A <laughs> couple years older than you. Um, but, yeah, like all of that I already knew, you know, him being passed by Houston and the the scout saying that, you know, he's going right to Cooperstown and couldn't believe that the Astros passed on him and the Yankees. But I, do, I agree with you. I think the biggest takeaways were his parents. You know, obviously we know the relationship he has with his parents, but – 
their personal stories and where they came from and their relationship and how they raised him. And the word can't, you know, was a swear word in that house. And just how, you know, he's got a lot of Jordan in him. (laughs) He's got in terms of the, you know, I took that personal, you know, when the, when the guy said, you know, no high school shortstop in Kalamazoo, Michigan will ever play for the Yankees. And he's like, fuck it. You don't know. Fuck you. You don't know me. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. He definitely has a lot of that. So what do you think is going to be, you know, coming in the next couple of episodes that you're really looking forward to either relearning or learning for the first time? Well, the winning, it'll be nice to, it'll be nice to relive that. And hopefully we'll be able to relive that in reality with the Yankees winning the world series, that, and just the dating life, man, I'm so fired up for that. If there, if it is discussed, which I'm hoping it is. I hope it does too. There's no reason he shouldn't bring it up. Uh, you know, are the gift baskets real? You know, oh, I would like love to find the, that out. What was it like having the Jessica trifecta in their primes? You know, like the A-Rod stuff, obviously, I think is going to be really important and interesting to hear. Is that going to be a Pippin-Jordan kind of thing going on? See, that's a great question. I, I wonder. You know, I, I don't think it's any secret that they don't have a very they don't have much of a relationship at all. But I wonder how an, how much animosity there still is. Mm. Yeah, no, I am interested to see that. A Rod sucks. A Rod's an all time <laughs> ass. I'm sorry. He's an all he's an all time ass and Ryan sat had, next to him at the Mets game. Really? Yeah. That's he was, funny. He was like, uh, he had to move because too many people tried to take pictures with him. Uh, of course, which of course. I get, but I was like, he sucks, dude. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think it was cool that I sat next to him. He's, he is just like, man, it, it's, it's funny. And now, you know, J Lo gets married to Ben, and now he, he needs a new love life. A Rod does. He's doing, he's doing these crazy deals for Rudy Gobert. Um, oh wow, yeah, I know. He, she, J Lo gets married, he gets Rudy Gobert. That's, isn't that what everybody's fallback should be? Um, yeah. But yeah, I also loved how episode one culminated with that 1995 loss and, you know, all the questions that were going to enter that offseason. And one thing I think that, you know, we knew already that maybe other people didn't or don't think about, like, you know, you talk about when we're discussing the Yankees and trades, right? Or in the offseason and letting guys go or are they going to pay judge and, George would have done this. George would have done that. Did you see, I mean, when it was announced that he was getting suspended, Yankee Stadium gave like a standing ovation. They were so happy he was going to be gone because he had just ruined that franchise. Well, yeah, I remember he was like suing the doctors or some shit, and then he finally gave up and made his comeback. And I don't know. I I mean, I got to give A-Rod credit. All-time image turnaround. Well, I'm talking about Steinbrenner, but oh, like, I'm sorry, he, I was lost. I thought you were talking about A Rod still. No, I said Steinbrenner. Like we talk about all. Oh, these, I'm sorry. Yeah, all, all of these. Uh, why aren't you know Yankee fans? Why don't we do this? If George was around, he wouldn't let him go. It's I like, know. We'll talk about another all-time image turnaround because I feel like I mean people do get do get. I guess you look at him with rosy glasses or whatever you want to say it when they pass away. But like, I don't know. I feel like he he is looked at a lot more positively than he was at the time. And I was too young. Like there was a lot of shit that I didn't, I had heard about and I knew that the Yankees sucked ass in like the early nineties. Like they were kind of a laughing stock, 
but I didn't know that he I, I had heard the stories about how badly he treated Dave Winfield, but I didn't know it was like that bad. And I obviously went on like a deep dive after that. Right. Yeah. And that's all stuff that we I knew not from obviously being around then, but just hearing all the stories and, and you know, trying to know Yankee history the way I do. And it what was crazy is as Jeter's coming up, you know, there's all these talks, his fifty six errors at single in rookie ball and just, you know, you imagine if social media was around then oh, and we're talking about I'm curious, about honestly, how close he was to – if there was ever a moment where he was close to being traded. I think that we're going to maybe hear about that in episode two because where it ended in episode one, you know, they had just lost that gut-wrenching series to Seattle and he's on the bench and in the dugout, but he's not on the active roster and – now, he's the top cheerleader, but Mattingly took him under his wing and was like, you know, this is what it's going to be like. And he took all of that in. But Tony Fernandez, remember, breaks his arm in 96. And Steinbrenner wasn't too keen on Jeter being the opening day shortstop. So I'm fascinated to hear, like you said, like, was he going to be traded? There was the, uh, you know, we know that Felix Fermin, that that rumor of Mariano Rivera for Felix Fermin, like, I'm just interested to see all the sliding doors, right, of what could have been uh, and as opposed to what actually happened. Yeah, Thank you gotta God keep, for St. Michael. you got to keep reminding yourself that it didn't happen because it does get a little scary. Absolutely, and that's where, especially, like you said, like we hope that we're living it in real time. You know, We're talking about possible top prospects that the Yankees could be trading away. You know, you really have to know your farm system. You really have to know the guys that are untouchable and – also, I like the fact that they didn't give up. You know, obviously, the fact that they didn't give up on him, I think it would have been pretty crazy with Twitter or, you know, all the social media bleacher report of like, hey, the Yankees' number one draft pick is, uh, you know, we'd be talking about, hey, can they move him to the outfield? <laughs> is he even oh, any yeah. good? You know, shit like that. No doubt. Um, I- I'm looking forward to it, and you got me even more excited because it's seven episodes. Um, anything else? Anything else you're watching? I mean, I think I know the answer to this. Well, no. I mean, I just got back. I was up in uh, up in uh, near Lake Travis this weekend, so that was that was my weekend. It was very uh, a couple long nights, uh, but like literally, it was it was an awesome time, and weather was great, and a lot of you know a lot of debauchery and all that. But it was a good weekend getaway. It was nice because like with everybody being coming down from Connecticut, it was like. I had to remind myself a few times that I didn't have a three and a half hour flight back home. I had a 45 minute drive. That okay. is nice. How about you? What do you got going on? Not much, man. Not much. This weekend's going to be quiet. I'm home this weekend and next, and then I'm, uh, then I'm going away again. Um, what did I watch? Oh, this show Blackbird, Ray, Ray Liotta, one of his last shows before he passed away. Um, that's okay. on Apple TV. Very good. Um, I hate when I watch shows that have the premieres and I can't binge them, but Michaela got me into it and now I'm hooked, so I got to wait for the next one to premiere, along with the Jeter documentary. Outside of that, I finished up Ozark. I might have said that last week. Um, I think that's everything. You just need uh, you just need the games to start up again so you can start getting back on Substack. Yeah, I need I need that, and you know I took I took the last day before the all-star break off from the sub stack. Um, had a little debacle with one of my, uh, with one of my buddies that he's in my gambling group chat. Um, 
two, three strikes, you're out. If he's going to listen to this pod, I just want you to know that three strikes, you disrespect me, and you're out. Okay. Oh wow! All right. Um, once, once you use the word disrespect, I know something serious. Well, I mean, it's just you know, and we talked about it on the other pod. I may have him on tomorrow on the other pod to call him to the carpet because he's new to gambling. He doesn't understand, and it's mm. just you know, I give him these fucking pure gold picks, and then he'll put in a bet and he'll do these bullshit odd parlays where he'll take my picks, parlay them together with a bunch of like like Garrett Cole to get three strikeouts, you know, oh. at like minus 5,000 and put the 10-team parlay. Won't tell us about it, by the way. And then he'll put a screenshot of his winnings in there. And I'm like, that's just so many no-nos right there, gambling-wise. Like, you just you, – don't take my picks and put them in your parlays. And also, post your parlays before you do it in case anybody else wants to take it. And then if you're not going to do any of that, then don't brag about your winnings. You should teach a class. No, I I probably should, and I don't know. I, I luckily I did go three for three on the last day where I didn't put it up on the Substack. Obviously, I'm kicking myself and wishing I did, but I just felt like I needed I needed a day off. I needed a me day. I'm I'm glad this All Star break came. We're still up. We're still money. We're 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 batting about you know seven fifty right now on the pick. You're playing Yankees baseball, and we're bat yeah, and we're batting about. 300 on the big win parlays so you know we're gonna stay hot what more can you ask for not much man it's a it's a damn crying shame that you could buy a gun at 7-eleven but you can't place a bet down there i know it, it, it is yeah the uh the word hypocrisy doesn't really even begin to cut it but and you're there we pretty go. centrally located, right? Like I used to drive down to Jersey when I didn't feel like using my bookie to get bets in here. It's not like you could drive to anywhere. It would take you no, forever. No, I'm, I'm literally in central Texas. Yeah, so. so you're fucked. Yeah, unless I find a way to have you do some for me. But, you know, we that will, or get uh, an offshore account. That are offshore, so we'll we'll have to see what levels I want to reach. But other than that, man, um, I'm gonna say just enjoy the rest of this quiet week. We've got Yanks start up uh, with a doubleheader in Houston on Thursday. Uh, that's also episode two of the Jeter Doc, and before you know it, we'll we'll have trades. And I'm fascinated by the Juan Soto stuff, man. I, I really, I really, I, if he gets moved, I mean, it's gonna be fascinating. And we're still kind of on, you know, KD Kyrie watch and. You sent me a tweet I, yesterday. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you did. Yeah, I said, I said last dance, and you're like, you need a first for a last. Fuck that, <laughs> Which man. is true. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Donovan Mitchell watched too, but, yep, we, uh, we will have Things to. Things are quiet right now, to say we'll the have least. To put our, we'll have to put our minds together and get some lists in, bring Will Smith on, do something. But uh, until then, man, just enjoy, uh, enjoy laying low for a little bit and then pick up where you left off on the gambling. All right, man. You enjoy laying low too. Stay cool down there, um, and enjoy yeah, too, these man. next couple days. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe watch a show. Uh, I'm not even gonna tell you to watch a show anymore because it's a waste of my breath. But it would be a recommendation. I appreciate that. We'll see where I go. All right, everybody. Enjoy the slow week. Yeah.